This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. All right, guys, welcome to the Full Blast Podcast. I'm Jeff Fader, and before we get into it with Honor Kagler and Ben Snoor, we got to do a little bit of business, a little bit of business. I love using Axe Wax. I just used some Axe Wax on some handles, and I was forging for the past uh, two weekends, and really was great conditioning for the handles of my hammers, and it really they felt great all weekend. I didn't have any problems. I really like using Axe Wax on my handles of my hammers. I use them on any type of wood I'm using uh, for knives and stuff like that, and I really like it very much. I think Axe Wax is great. It's also nice, especially doing steak knives, doing culinary knives, it's nice to have something that's all natural food safe. You're not getting anything icky for your customers. So if you go to axewax.us, put in promo code FULLBLAST10, you will get 10% off your order. And if you're in the UK, do me a favor, go check out Toby's company, uh, UK Knife Supplies. He's honoring Full Blast 10, which is nice for me not to do that. And I'm sure he's taking in the teeth, probably not making that. Probably owes Axe Wax some money, to be honest with you. So if you're going to use uh, UK Knife Supplies, go buy something else for him. He's nice enough to uh, to take it, and he's also nice enough to let me poach his co-host of the Toby Fire and Steel podcast, Honors Here Too. The next thing is, is I, I hate to say this, but I really think that your website isn't making it. So what I want you to do is I want you to reconsider your website. Go to akinteractive.com slash full blast and put in promo and don't have to put any promo codes. Fill the paperwork out there. And if you're a listener of this podcast, you're going to get 10% off of your website if you don't have one. Or if you do have one and you just want to kind of gussied up. He's going to take care. Andreas Kalani is going to take care of it for you. So go get yourself a good website. Uh, if you need any graphics design work, if you need logo design, he just did uh, a great website for Charlie Lionheart. It, it's great. And because he speaks the language, because he knows about makers and stuff like that, he's going to be able to communicate with you much easier in regards to what you want your website. So go to akinteractive.com slash full blast. Get yourself a good website. And uh, there we are. Back by popular demand, if you were to take all of my episodes of the Full Blast podcast and then have like a fan favorite, this one's going to be it. The return of uh, Honor Kagler and Ben Snoor. I'm so grateful that you guys are here and we made the time. Um, thank you once again for coming in. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Living the dream, as I say every single time anyone asks me how good I am <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> You are living the dream. You are living the dream. Yeah. Yeah. I'm good. I'm living the dream. You're, are you living the dream? Living the dream. All right. I got to tell you, uh, Honor, you're now one of the co-hosts of the Toby Fire and Seal podcast, and it is a very, very fun podcast to listen to. And I, and I, what I love about it now is it's very clear that you guys are talking to each other instead of falling for the old banana tailpipe that most podcasts do is they're trying to be Joe Rogan jr. And they're trying to be inspiring. You guys are actually talking to each other, which I really enjoy both your chemistry. Yeah. It's, it's going pretty well. Actually, I've been getting quite a lot of uh, good feedback from, especially from the recent ones um, where we just, you know, we just put it on and then talk and then it's, a, and then we're like, Oh, there's podcasts being 
there's no knife talking whatsoever in there. But you know, <laughs> let's just put it. But, up. <laughs> but that's the best part. People don't. People are not listening. You know, they don't have pen, pads and pens taking notes. I mean, that's what you want. Is you want consistency. You want something that you can kind of rely on. You're listening to it on a specific day, and you want to almost be kept company. So, like what you guys are doing, it sounds it's it's funny, and you're you're both funny to each other. You're both such different characters. Mm. Yeah, it definitely works, you know? works well. Yeah. And the funny part is now that you're here, you you feel free to curse because <laughs> I know he's I know that I know that uh, Toby Toby doesn't want you cursing. I, I have a feeling it's because he wants to be like a scoutmaster or something like that. He don't want to have he don't want to have any bad words on his podcast and I'll blame him. Yeah, uh, I've been all right actually at not swearing. I don't know how I've managed it. Although the last one I did swear at the end, but he got he, t- he chopped it out. I think. But that's that's one of the great things in in radio is when like you do have these things you can't say you can kind of be a little bit more creative you know so yeah Ben how you doing I'm good yeah I'm good what's uh, going on oh not a whole lot man man old Wrangler dog been working on some fence and fixing another fucking flat tire oh god and you know living the dream and a hydraulic pipe replacement. Yeah, got that one done. <laughs> I, I feel I, I honestly feel a little bit bad about how much hydraulic oil I squirted all over the damn ground, but you know, it is what it is. You got to be real, real self reliant over on that. You don't. I mean, you can't really call in repairmen, right? Uh, you know, for certain things I do, but something like a broken hydraulic hose, I just go get one made and take take it off, take it in, get one made. Bring it back, put it back on. I mean, hell, that that's easy stuff. Ugh, it's all you. threaded fittings. I mean, it's easier than like oh. sweat and copper plumbing. The the so. only thing I won't, won't really like about it is like not tightening it up properly enough. I've I've just I've just changed the hoses round up because on on my my hydraulic press the the up went down and the down went up because I'd set it up wrong and I I undid them. Rip- Changed them around, and then I was like paranoid. Like I'm paranoid to use it in case it explodes in my face now. Ah, just gorilla fist all of it. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't get, like get Tony like to come tighten them up. Yeah, I'll get Tony to do it. <laughs> I, oh yeah, there you go. That's that's a whole that's a whole one. Actually, I have a uh, a tire hammer that I had built, and the reason why I went with the tire hammer is I felt like it's all steel. So I felt like if I had to replace it, it's all parts that are easily to you know i can repair the parts yeah but every so often i have to like frantically look at all the i have like little marks of where screws might have gone loose or the fit you know or like I, I'm, I'm checking it all the time because at one point i wasn't somehow one of the uh locking nuts wasn't tight enough and then the whole the head kind of fell down on not onto me but now enough that i'm like completely paranoid that it's going to fall apart at any moment <laughs> I hate that. Jeff, I kind of get the the feeling that you're a bit of a worrier anyways. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I I there's some things I some things I unconsciously worry about. Yeah. Most of it's about my own health. Well, that's that's honestly what I was kind of thinking of. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought this thing I'm afraid well, I'm afraid with, you know, with all the the forging, I, I, when I was at the Center for Metal Arts, I was always coming. When I was using, we were having two power hammers going on at the same time. I would always kind of come up to the power hammer, and I would have this little kind of word to myself saying, "This is this could really go badly if you're not paying attention." And I would always be like, 
very nervous about it. And the other thing is, is like I have a you know a coworker of mine, you know, for using right angle grinders for years and years. He accidentally got one under the chin, you know, the, the blade under the chin. So Oof. I get like I try not to be too casual. Same thing. I put my finger through a, a porta band a number of years ago, and I'm like I have to like. Because at some point, someone's going to start taking this shit away from me. I don't really want that to happen. I've done the the Porta Band one out here, and luckily, one of the doctors I worked for was out here. Actually, it was one of his friends, and I had him sew me up. Yeah, I think sometimes it's complacency, in it? I've I've done that thing with with a Porta Band where, for for some reason, the, the, the blade slipped off slightly, and I... It was still going, and I pushed my thumb onto it, you know, thinking, oh, I'll just push yeah. it. And it yeah. was like the most ridiculous thing. But as soon as I did it, I started laughing because I thought, how ridiculous did I even think that that was going to work? Like, yeah. it's so stupid, but it was just complacency. I was just like, oh, I'll just push it back on and didn't really think before I did it. That's what you don't want. You don't want the complacency. I'm always, I'm looking at, like, where am I on my forge? I look where the hose is. Like, is the hose getting too hot? Is it too close to the forge? And then I'll like tie it up so it's not close to the fire. What if it? What if it catches on fire and all of a sudden I have this like fireball? And I don't want any of that. <laughs> I, I also the other thing is is my building, the building that I'm in, is the the landlord. My landlord is a friend of mine, and he part of this building is a car storage place. But like, there are millions of dollars worth of cars here, and. I he trusts me. I've known him for a long, long time. So like, I can't be the one to burn this joint down. Oof. I can't be the one. Yeah. And it's like, so I'm like, I'm extra careful about that. I've come, I've in the middle of the night, I come to the shop to make sure I turn shit off. You know, it's I, like I do that one. Yeah. I yeah. drive up to the shop at twelve thirty after I've been in bed and just can't make my mind quit thinking about. Did you turn off the propane? <laughs> yeah you got to get up you know the other one i'm bad about and it's i think it's because i'm out where i'm at i never lock any vehicles whenever i'm in town like i'll get up in the middle of dinner at a restaurant and go make sure i lock the truck i i or i've left a movie theater to go make sure i lock the pickup and it's always locked but i can't get it off once i start thinking about it i can't quit Oh yeah, that that might be a deg- a slight degree of OCD. It might be <laughs> a slight, slight. I mean, not like you're not like no, you know. No, I got, the I've got some OCD tendencies. Like yeah, the funny thing is, speaking of the unlocking the car, our friend Jonathan Porter, Doghouse Forge, he has an incredibly trained dog. And he, wherever he goes, he leaves the dog in the car, but he keeps the doors unlocked. He keeps the air conditioning on, and he's never worried about the, the dog, you know, the, anyone breaking in the dog because yeah. the dog is like a lethal weapon. I mean, this dog is like, will tear you apart. So he doesn't, he never worry. He'll leave the car on with the keys in the car, the dog's in the car, the air conditioning's running, he doesn't give a fuck. You could probably leave the door open. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think anyone would think what happened. So, yeah. I, I actually, actually, Funny enough is uh, last week I uh, left the stove on when I left for the house. So I came back for lunch. I was like, wow, why is the stove so hot? I was like, fuck. Do I tell my wife? And I was just like, maybe I shouldn't tell her. And then I ended up telling her because I was just like, I don't want to know. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear about why the gas bill so high this week, this month. You know, it's like, oh, by the way, I left it on for a little bit. <laughs> Probably not the best thing to leave on, is it? <laughs> uh, well, it's very low, but I mean, it's like hilarious. Like if uh, we actually had water out, water out in our in the in this shop, and I came back in the middle of the night because I I couldn't remember if I had 
turn the water on or off. Uh, so, like, I mean, there was water coming in, and I was like, is it clockwise? Is it counterclockwise? And I was just like, <laughs> I just better go back because I don't want the water to be running. When I come in, and as I walked in the door, the running water was going full blast down the drain. I was like, thank God I stopped by. I just turned it all off. You know, yeah. the, the yeah. other one I'll just completely ruin a day with is I'll lose a tool. Uh, or like a soapstone, something. It doesn't even really matter. I might even have a replacement. But all work ceases until it is found. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, it, I piss myself off with it. I don't even need it. But I can't find it, and so I can't do anything until it is located. It's like a time destroyer, isn't it? It's just you went like a a, 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 a time void when, when something like that happens. And yep. Everywhere you're just like, oh, I had it here, and you're looking, it's not there, and then it just—it's probably like the majority of the time when I lose something like that, it's—it's it's where I was actually stood and just probably in full view of everything. But you know, you're looking yep. so hard, you're just looking past it, and you can't see it. I was teaching this weekend, and I kept putting my tongs and hammer down, and I would turn. I was talking to somebody, and I turned around, and I was like, "Where the fuck did I put my tongs and hammer?" <laughs> and then that happened like three times, and then uh, one of the guys. This great guy, Judson, he turns to me, he's like, they're right over here. I left him on the drill press. I'm like, what the fuck am I even doing by the drill press? This is like, I was, I was like three or four times. I was like, God damn it. I, where did I put my, and then everyone's just like, it's over there. It's over there. And I was like, Ugh. it makes me think about something that I found uh, in regards to jobs, different jobs. And I was actually thinking about you, uh, Ben, because I found this uh, uh, article. It was uh, the top 10 most dangerous jobs of 2020. And I just wanted to read them to you because they don't have 2021 yet. Obviously, the year's not done. But these are some of the most dangerous. Most This is, this is from a, um, a website that d- deals with risk management. Uh, risk management. So the, some of the most dangerous jobs in the world. Number 10 is a frontline supervisor of landscaping, lawn service, and groundskeeping workers. Wait, Apparently, what? there's... Go ahead. Well, because of dogs or what? No, uh, I don't. It says the fatal. The, the, there's two. Uh, there has been uh, 48 fatalities. I think it's. I think people are running each over, running <laughs> themselves over with lawnmowers or something like that. <laughs> so then number 10, 48 fatalities. Um, first line supervisor of construction trades and extraction workers. Extraction. I don't know what an extraction worker is, but uh, 144 fatalities. Structural iron and steel workers, uh, 15 fatalities. There's a uh, 23.6 fatal work injury rate. Number seven of the most dangerous jobs of most dangerous jobs of 2020 is farmers, ranchers, and agricultural managers. Hmm. 257 fatalities. Are you aware? Are you aware, Ben, that you are you're considered one? Your your job is so risky i could see it i know a I know a guy that was killed on a horse out in arizona recently and i mean he was career cowboy and you know had been riding horses his whole life and got farted off wrong and landed on his head and that was it. I mean, I don't mean to laugh, but I'm saying fired <laughs> off wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm sending my deepest condolences to his family, be, but I mean... I think, to be honest, in, in the ahead. UK, I think the, um, uh, like, farmers is quite a high fatality rate. I think I think it's cl- closer up to number one in the UK. I'm sure it was the really? last time I read something. Yeah, I'm sure it's re- really high fatality rate. I, 
I was going to say, farmers, I think, get pretty fucked up, hurt, or killed fairly regularly mm. messing with equipment. Get wound up in something. and but I remember when I was a kid, my dad had a little vineyard, and he had a farm manager. And they were spraying the fields. And I think that the farm manager didn't have the right respirator. And he was really, really sick. He afterwards. wasn't wearing he was, a respirator at all, Jeff. Most likely. I don't know. I was 70s? too young. It was, like, it was like the late 70s, early 80s. Well, I mean, he might have just been holding his one, breath. At I have one no point, idea. they were like showing, trying to show how safe Roundup was, and a guy drank a glass of it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, that's a real thing. I mean, there was no safety back then. Yeah. Just a handkerchief. It was, yeah. yeah, yeah. If, if and that. Then there was like, and then in India, there's such a huge fatality rate because a lot of Indian farmers, and this is already getting sad, but I mean, there was a lot of high suicide rate because like all these farms are getting like, they're not able to fulfill their needs and they're on the banks are foreclosing on their farms. So farmers, ranchers, and agricultural managers. Number six is truck drivers and other drivers. I can see that. Uh, mm. Number five is refuse and recycled materials collectors. So the Oof. garbage men, 37 fatalities. The, the, the fatality numbers are, are strange. Maybe it's, per, I don't know how. Is it per capita of people doing that job? I think so. I think so. Number four, not surprising, roofers. Mm. Uh, roofers, uh, aircraft pilots and flight engineers, 70 fatalities. Fisher, fishers and related fishing workers yeah. is yeah. number two. And you guys want to take a shot at number one? Underwater welder. <laughs> You're not far off. Uh, you want to take a shot? I feel like divers. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's going there with that. <laughs> logging, logging. Oh, logging. Uh, that's that's logging a pretty way. That's pretty good ways off from un- underwater welding. Yeah. <laughs> well, I figured. See, you know why? You know what? <laughs> You're right. But in my mind, all I can think of is the cartoons where the guys are like dancing on the logs while they're going down the yeah. river. You yeah. know, when they're doing the log rolling and then they fall in the water and maybe that's how they die. But I'm I'm under the impression that that's. Uh, that's uh do you ever see those uh, lumberjack games where they you know do all the chopping and the sawing and stuff but then they have the girls that run across the logs i have not seen that but i do love what you're talking it's it's really impressive and they're all great looking check it out sometime that's what we want in it uh-huh (laughs) <laughs> it's I'm I always, I'm always amazed that in those logging in those logging competitions they knock a hole in the side of the tree of the of the wood and then they'll stick a log in it they'll stick a plank in it and get up on the yeah. on the plank and then they'll keep going and then they'll keep going and then they'll just like cut a nick out of the log put a plank in climb up to the t- that thing and then they'll go crazy on the next one they'll put it they'll, they'll be like you know 15 20 feet up in there just swinging their weight around on this like flimsy board knocked into the into the log i love that seems crazy i i wonder how often they fall yeah that like, would just seems also very 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 like prepared I mean, oh, this yeah. is like the driest of the dry. These guys are getting like the nicest cuts of all. Zero time. knots. No knots. Yeah, I suppose no they'll knots. probably prepare for it, don't they? They'll be just testing it out as well. They'll be. They'll know how to get that cut exactly right, just for the the plank to go in there. That notch. I. You know the whole. I. You know I know we're part of the like the the, the metalworking group of. You know we've run across axe makers and. 
and all this stuff. And I just sometimes the act stuff is just like I don't know. I mean, splitting wood I can see, but like felling trees with axes, I just I don't know if that's as normal as it really is. Well, I think it must be normal because everyone thought that I was going to do that with that chain axe. So, so Dude, it must be pretty I've common. S- <laughs> You, the chain, the chain at your chain axe. I got to tell you, if you're not following dies in every film on YouTube, there's nobody better. There's nobody better because you have a different angle than just you know most people, most YouTubers. They make YouTube videos because they want you to see what they're doing. They want you to learn what they're doing. They want you to be inspired. I'm putting my air quotes up because I'm not. I don't know. Understand that at all. <laughs> but what you're doing is you you're trying to get people pissed. Yeah. I, th- I love. I it. think I was born. That's that's like my. That's what I do. It's what I do when I'm at home as well. I just try and wind my missus up, the kids up. It's, it's just. It's like I'm. It's just in my nature. I think. Well, I, you... I like what you that you what you make as a novelty. I mean, it doesn't have to have a purpose. You don't have to go chop down a fucking tree with an mm. axe handle made out of chain. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's, I pe- it's just I for the hell people, of it. It's yeah, fun. People don't understand it. Like I, I make them so they're functional, so it will cut wood if you need it to cut wood. But that's just because I want it to. I want it to be functional as well as. But but it is just for that. Yeah, it's just I'm doing it just because I can. Like it, oh, you, you know, you shouldn't do that uh, because it's chain. But so what? So what? <laughs> I'm sure once maybe upon a time, should, maybe you should be doing it. Yeah, maybe everyone should be doing it, and then I'll come up with some different ideas that other people are doing, like a wooden handle for an axe. That'd be nuts. (laughs) I give you a lot of credit because all your ideas are very your own. That's one of the things that I appreciate about all the decisions that you make is it doesn't seem like it's... You're not following trends. You're doing your own thing. And, like, the the Lego Tomahawk is, like, a masterpiece. I mean, that is, like... That, to me, is just, like, everything about it is just... It's it's wonderful, and it's and it's like at one point I thought you were gonna like turn it into a peace pipe, and then all of a sudden it was gonna be like not only look gonna be an axe, gonna be a peace pipe, it's gonna be the whole nine yards. Maybe I, maybe I should do another one now. Now that you've I put really it. love the idea of a Lego peace pipe. <laughs> or like, you know, I mean, I hate to say it, but I mean, no one's is anyone doing Lego bongs? I mean, you know, let's just let's cut the shit. I mean, I mean, I mean then all of a sudden it's like you get some real you get some real uh, subversion right there. Did, did a Lego syringe and, and heroin spoon? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like where do you stop? I mean, the colors that even the colors that you chose and how you did the colors and everything like that. The video. The best part of that video to me was where there's like it's slowly going around you while you're assembling all those Lego pieces, and you really spread the colors out really, really well. It's such a great piece, but I can't believe how mad people got. Yeah, I can't get that. People are just strange, aren't they? Like, oh, it's, it's not a Lego axe because the head isn't an axe. Oh, the head, the head isn't Lego, so it's not a Lego axe. All right, okay. There was so many. Oh, well, it's not a Lego axe because you've put a metal shaft down the center of it, so it's not Lego. Huh. It's it's so unnecessary. Everyone is just so unnecessary. It's like I find I, there are knife makers out there who just go online to just be shitty. Yeah. Like good ones, like really good ones. And it's just like I just don't understand why you have the time in your life to even get involved. And then because it is, I mean, for you, you're so smart because you, you're, you're like reusing, you're reusing, you're taking their shit and then you're turning it into fertilizer because, you know, you're able to like snap a picture and then put it in your stories. And it's just like, you're totally, this is totally, re, you're, you're making money basically off of their shitty comments. 
But in my mind, there was something somebody said to me recently, and I thought, I, I, I should just say something. And then five seconds later, I thought, this is going to be the rest of your afternoon. And I, I, you're going to be crazy. You're going to be crazy. I'm not going to do what Honor does. I'm not going to start posting the crazy things people say just because it's like I'm not prepared. You're, you have a much thicker skin than I am. I'm not prepared for, like, the uh, malice. I'm not prepared for it at all. But it is... It is it is amazing how many people are so willing to be shitty on the internet because they have these are some of them are you know actual people are doing things that they have that time to to do it. It, it is weird. It's like I, I, I obviously I, I've spoke to a few people about it recently because I posted the I did the the knuckle duster thing for my um, for my channel and I posted it in a UK knife group because it is sort of knife related it's a way you know like right. people have posted knuckle dusters in there before but the uk now has a ban on it and the amount of people who were telling me oh they're illegal you'll get arrested and i was like look it's a video it's legally in the uk you can do it for video purposes or tv purposes i just have to destroy it after and they just weren't listening to me at all but i just that's just like why why do you care like it's my life if there's so many people in the world who probably still have knuckle dusters because the law has only just come into place that made them illegal and now, you're, you're so concerned about other people's... Just stick to your own... Worry about yourself, you know? I, I don't care what you do. Like, you, you might you might drink drive, but I'm not following you around to tell you off to drink drive. I'm, I'm... Now, can you can <laughs> you make something like that, some knuckle dusters, and then mail them to somebody in the U.S.? No, you're not, you're not allowed to post anything illegal. You're no. only allowed to post... Which is it is a weird one. Like I would have, I would have thought they would have put a, like a dispensation in place for stuff like that, especially for because I mean there will be companies in in the UK who makes stuff for. I mean, if we think like there's ammunition companies in the UK who make ammunition which fit into automatic rifles, which are illegal. But you know, the, the, it, I don't earn enough money to pay enough taxes to, for them to let me off stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, going back to what Jeff said about who the hell has time for that, I, I talked to Jeff about something, a guy on Instagram, blacksmithing, doing something that just oh. galled my ass. And I nearly made a little meme thing of it and posted it, and then I was like, why? Why why am I going to put in, put the effort into making this? Why am I going to shame him? I, there's no reason for that. You know? Everybody who sees it knows he's a goober. Mm. That's enough. And I don't need to advertise for him. Right. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, this was it was a tricky situation because this is something that I've been sent that's been sent to me a lot. And he follows a lot of friends of mine and he, he's just trying to this is a guy who's just trying to do his thing and I'm not interested in hurting anybody. And that's feelings. that's so kinda where like, it came down to yeah, for me. Like, it, there's no reason to it's a it's a it's a harmless i mean it's not harmless but it's going to be you, you know, know relatively this is all right we know you're an idiot you know you're an well, idiot well <laughs> just I go was gonna be say an idiot now, <laughs> i was going to mention and tell you what it was but now i'm not because i feel, I feel, I feel like, like i know what guilty. it is to be honest I've, 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 i bet you do i've got an inkling yeah i bet you do but <clears> it's like it's ultimately though it's it's the same thing it's like it would be like of us saying to you oh we're axe makers and what are you doing with the lego it's honestly, is it hard? Is it doesn't really matter? No, it doesn't. It really doesn't matter. matter. But, but at the same time, it's like it is interesting. You know, it made me think. I don't know if you guys have watched Squid Games at all. Yeah. Have you seen Squid Games? Oh yeah. I find that show. I mean, the fact remains, it's the number one 
Netflix series in the world. But it really, it question, it it really, all these shows that are really kind of, I, I really. I really I liked it a lot, and I also liked The Mandalorian. And one of the reasons why I liked The Mandalorian is was it was filmed right before the pandemic, and there was this weird, there was this really weird, um, the storyline of him. Can you take off your mask, or should you take off your mask? And I never take off my mask. And why don't you take off your mask? It was, and it was like it just kind of when it played is when the whole mask thing was coming on, and it was like it just happened to be part of society where it was this interesting you know quandary of whether or not you're supposed to take your mask off. Squid Game is so interesting because it really is that whole idea of, you know, we're 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 de we're devaluing devaluing humanity and we're just betting on people and what people will do for money and I, I've just found it to be very timely, very timely. Yeah, it's... I, I do disgusting things. <laughs> you would? <laughs> well, oh. you would do disgusting oh, yeah, things for money, all kinds of weird shit. Yeah, in, in fairness, I've done a lot of disgusting and weird shit for nothing, so just for someone to laugh. So it's, money would be a bonus. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it it, it the, the 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 part I you know I was like I roll my eyes a little bit of it, and a lot of a lot of these places makes you know the ultimate villain is like these fat you know sexually depraved Americans who who have no have no uh, complete uh, value towards people, and then they're just like you know the rottenness of the rotten. But I it really was an inter- It is an interesting show because what happens to the viewer is you start to get desensitized to the depravity you know it's like not by the the end of it you're not too shocked by anything no so well do what would you would you i mean you can't even say who do i mean those and they get crazy towards the end it's like it's just it is i find it to be an interesting an interesting show because of the way we see things especially with youtube and and instagram and how we perceive ourselves and then at the same time it's like what are we willing to do for money you know Part of it, though, just before it even gets to the killing people for money in that show, is how do you get yourself into that position in the first place? And, like, I, I can't see me doing that unless, you know, God forbid something happened to one of my kids and I had to, you know, just take out loan after loan after enormous loan. I just don't, I'm not the type of person to get into debt that way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'd say when so, I was younger I would have been, but now you sort of mature, don't you, as you get older and yeah. Yeah, well that's the thing. When you're younger, I mean that's the other thing about the movie. I'm not gonna criticize the show. I mean, I did watch the show intently and and it was like you, you there the few things is how desperate they all become. And then the also the fact remains is none of them kind of realize my chances of dying in this are the best. Like <laughs> yeah. none of them are ever like I'm fucked. None of them are. None of them really feel until the very last minute before they're about to die. Like, oh, maybe this was a mistake. You know, if it's like there's like what if you got 500 people in there and all of a sudden you're only going to have one well, come out. Well, it's you're just the like, ones yeah, that, that are pretty knew good. that they were fucked. Are the ones that didn't come back. Right, right. I it was. A, I look as far. I mean, the end was okay. I mean, the end was a little just like weird, but you know. Getting your hair dyed red and didn't really understand that all, but at the same time, it was uh, it was a great show. It it also um, it made me find I found I found in terms of doing stuff for money, I found um, the top ten worst jobs. This is way worse than the riskiest jobs. Your your job isn't in there, uh, Ben. Don't worry about it. Was it? it. I, uh, I told you all my first job though, right? 
And it was horrible. No, tell us. Only fans. What was it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I wish. I, <laughs> Only Ben's. I, uh, my dad was a school board member at, for the school district that I went to school at. And I think I was 13. They'd torn down a brick building. And they were selling the bricks. Then they'd have, you know, to, you know, not like selling them, you get a brick, but, you know, they sell the brick, they have your name engraved in it, and they put it on in a walkway. Ah, yeah. And my job was to clean the mortar off of all of the bricks. And I had a hammer, a chisel, and a wire brush, and I did that all summer. How, how many bricks do you think you could do in a day? I don't know. I got yeah. pretty good, but it was, it was like awful. Like 100? What's that? Can't do a hundred. Get about a hundred? Oh, I probably was more than that. Like a you know, a tractor bucket load full. I was gonna I was gonna say that my job was worse, but I'm not hundred percent sure it was. No, it was my, it my, was terrible. And I mean, you know, like the, you don't have a phone, you don't have a radio, you're just behind this building in the sun with a chisel, a hammer, and a wire brush. That's bad. It, it got, reminds got me, me of some, got, got some new rollerblades with that money. <laughs> nice. Look at you, rollerblades. Yep. Up. My, my grandma said that when my granddad was younger, he had a job smashing bottles for a brewery. And I was like, oh, that sounds like a good job. And she was like, yeah, he thought it was good. But then, like, day after day after day of just smashing bottles, it's just tedious, isn't it? You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> just one, one of my tedious. greatest joys in life is breaking fluorescent bulbs. <laughs> Oh, dude, yeah, that is pretty good. I've, I've got a few of them, and I'm actually stockpiling them. I'm waiting until the kids are a little bit older, so then we can all go break them together. I was thinking you were going to say, well, like, when they walk through the door and you just smash one clean across their head or something. <laughs> uh, this real squid game's good. <laughs> Boom, I told you to be careful. Honor, what was your first job? Um, first job? I can't even... I've had some bad jobs. In fact, my first job wasn't really that bad. I think it was working for a plumbing plumbing place. But I, I did say on the podcast what I was on with you before where I worked picking mushrooms in like a dark, like force-grown mushrooms in a dark like cabin thing and picking them and sizing them and that. That was a horrible job. I don't even like Which mushrooms. Smell like <laughs> shit all the time, I'm guessing. Yeah. And then I, obviously like, I made candy floss as well, which that, I, that was probably... Probably worse, actually. That's What's cotton candy, candy right? Yeah, cotton candy. Oh, cotton yeah. candy, cotton candy. Made that. I didn't make enough. I ate, I ate more than I made, and then I got fired for not making <laughs> enough. Well, how fast do you get sick of eating cotton candy? Weirdly, not. I didn't really get sick of eating it. That was the first thing I was gutted about when I when I got fired. I was like, oh, there's no way I won't be able to eat anymore. <laughs> now I have to pay for it. <laughs> now I'm addicted. Yeah, I guess I'm now gonna, I gotta go back. Gonna have to go to the fucking me, army you... now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That pretty you much it, yeah. Just join go... the army instead. You got fired and then you're just like coming back to the same place you got fired from because to buy the candy. <laughs> oh, be terrible. My first job was I picked up dog shit on the street from for like six blocks and i got really good at it like fast you'd, you'd be surprised at how you'd be there are tree pits on this on the street and i guess there was like i think there was i think i ended up counting it was like 45 tree pits 45 or 60 i can't 100 percent remember but like i would i have to pick it up on the street i had to pick it out of the tree pits did they give you a glove the, you know, or the, anything 
I had to supply all that, but the money was good. They paid me $75 a week. And, you know, I'd take out cigarette butts and sometimes the the dog shit. I wouldn't have to worry about the shit on the street, but I'd have to worry about in the pit. And then it got to the point where there weren't that many dogs once a week going in. It wasn't just like truckloads of dog shit. It was like I was filling up a bag and I was keeping it clean and, you know, whatever. And I got to the point where I could clean all 60 of them in 45 minutes. So I was, at one point, I was making $75 for 45 minutes worth of work. And then I got uh, an opportunity to do, uh, in New York City, there's this f- very famous street called Park Avenue, and then these giant malls um, that, that's, that go from one street to the next in the middle. And the, one side of the street is uh, downtown, one, uh, the other side is uptown. So you can't really walk in the middle of them, except for if you're, if you're homeless and you're going to sleep in there or whatever. So I was cleaning those once a week and then I could I got down to doing those in like an hour and I was getting 150 bucks for that so like in a week I was making I was making so much money I couldn't I there weren't enough comic books I could buy <laughs> there weren't enough G.I. Joe figures I could buy then I started buying cigarettes and then I started renting videotapes and then I was just like I can't spend this money fast enough and it was the only <laughs> way and then I ended up I put it in a bank account and I ended up uh, taking myself to Europe with my friends for the summer, for once, my last summer, and the, but it was like the best. It was the worst job because it was like I stunk, and it was like dog shit and people. Um, now, but like the money was so good. A hundred. It was like a, it was like two hundred twenty-five bucks for like an hour and a half's worth. Of did work. you have yourself like a little rake and shovel, or was it like grabbing it with a glove? I had gloves. I had a garbage bag, and then I had this little pointy stick with the with the pin on the end yep. of it. And I wrote in Sharpie, Vlad the Impaler. And I would carry that thing around. And then people started getting nervous because, you know, you're walking down the street with this, like, sharp object. Picking it's shit up. Picking up shit on the street and stuff like that. And it was just like... But the worst part was it. one of the streets that uh, I did it in front of was in front of my high school. So, like, I had to, I had to plan it out so I wouldn't be near the school because otherwise... My friends would beat the shit out of me. They'd beat the shit out of me. Even with a they spiky would... stick. Oh, they would take the stick and break it over their knees and go pick it up and, you know, or like spit on the, spit on the floor. Oh, they'd, like, they'd start, probably one of them would have start, taken shit. I was going to say, the they'd start taking shit. What kind of fucking dog's that? Dog's been eating corn. Well, I'd, I'd have countered that by just, like, you know, as you see him approaching, I'd cover myself in the shit and then just be like, let's go. Let's fucking go. Who's, who's doing Come this on, now? Baby. Anyone? Uh, and then off. I, I ended up giving. I ended up when I graduated from from high school. I gave I gave it to a kid from the high school from the that I, that I had another kid, a lower underclassman, and he was like, "I can't do this. My friends are going to make fun of me." I'm like, "All right, man." I, I I'm like driving off in a limousine. I was like, "Okay, man. <laughs> See you later." Apparently, man. you don't lack money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was like the money. I mean, still to this day, I bitch about the fact that I've never gotten paid that that rate. I've never ever gotten paid the rate of, of picking up dog shit. But in that regards, I found the top ten worst jobs. And I don't know if this is in order, but so far it's I don't it says number one, and I'm not sure that this is the number one worst, but this is pretty bad. Roadkill collector. Hmm. Roadkill collectors yeah, not only meat. have the <laughs> I mean, depending on where you are. I mean maybe it's more preserved in some place, like an Alaskan roadkill might be a little bit better for you. Roadkill collectors not only have the job of peeling the remains of dead creatures in various states of decay off the road, but they get to do it while braving oncoming traffic. Oof. Yeah, 
Number two is manure inspector. <laughs> <laughs> is that when it's out animal. or in the, the animal? <laughs> I, don't, I think it's when it's out. <laughs> I don't think you inspect it while it's in the chamber. <laughs> I mean, that would be that would be invasive. I mean, we, I don't know if you could feel. Ah, yes, ah, yes. This is this is going to be. A good I got to mute myself for a second, Jeff. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, uh, animal manure is an important natural fertilizer, but uh, first it has to be checked for contaminants like E. coli and salmonella. That's where manure inspectors come in. Not only do they search for bacteria that causes diarrhea if ingested, they also get to wade through animal waste. <laughs> Quite a one-two punch. <laughs> I feel like they're trying to sell that as well. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to upgrade. I mean, it would be great if they had like actual like starting salary. You know, <laughs> starting salary. This is a this is a, it's an easy job to get involved in. I'm assuming it would be a good pay though, wouldn't it? Um, I mean, boys. I don't. I mean, I gotta leave. Whoop, Ben. I, I'm gonna try to come back. You. Just keep your shit on, and if you come in, you come in. If you don't, you don't. All right, sorry about that. No All problem, right. no problem. We'll get you. Don't worry, we got you. Bye-bye. I'll wipe, Bye. I'll wipe the jail. Number... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Put your clothes on, Ben. <laughs> you got to get back to work. You got to get back to work. Yeah, this is – talk about dangerous jobs. Uh, ben runs a ranch, and if – the you know, I think it's a 24-hour job, so if something's up, something's up, and that's just the way it is. And obviously, we're happy to have him. If he comes back, he comes back. If he doesn't, he doesn't. Uh, but – Honor and I got this. Got got this thing. Number three is portable toilet cleaner. So not a chance. I would do that. Well, I say not a chance, depending on money wise. But I can't see it paying very well. But nah, I I, I don't even like shitting in them, let alone cleaning them. (laughs) You know. I I tell you what, there. My dad, when he was when I was younger, used to say, you know, we could because he used to get porta johns, and he used to say, if I had a porta john, my my uh, the tagline would be. Your shit is our bread and butter. That was, he always used to say that. He used to the, he's like, we would be able to sell a million of them. But the tagline, I'm like, Dad, I don't think they, I don't think people, when they're getting Porta Johns, I don't think they care about the slug line. I think they just need perfect. the Porta Johns. It's an advert on TV and everything. Yeah. Your, Your shit, shit is, is our bread, bread and butter. <laughs> I, I, my dad used to say that every time he said, oh, "We're going to call it the, we're going to call it the Royal Flush or something like that," and he just said all these great. I was like, "This is the best you got." This is use the same material all the time. Number four is crime scene cleaner. Hmm. If not the dirtiest, this is definitely the most mentally disturbing job. Crime scene cleaners wear hazmat suits, respirators, and chemical spill boots. Still, they have to have strong. Stomachs because they got to brave blood decomposition and loose remains of human bodies once yeah. the police have left the scene. That would be smelly, wouldn't it? Oh, dude, I I have to say I I have friends who are police officers, and all I can think of is if I had to wake up in the morning not knowing what kind of carnage I'd have to go see, I don't know if I could handle it. I don't know if I can. Handle yeah, it. some days you just don't want to see that, or you? Some well, you don't want to see it any day, but I, there would definitely be days where you'd think not today. <laughs> but I mean, you're kind of, you're in the position of, if you're a police officer you're or a firefighter or an EMT, you're in the position of having to deal with the problems. You know, police officers don't get the cats in the tree shit. I mean, they get like, they're getting calls for, because somebody needs their help. And I just, I just don't have the inner fortitude to do that. And I, God bless anybody who does that, because I, I just couldn't do it. I don't know how you were a soldier, to be honest with you. I was like, the, the stories, it just sounded like hard. P.S. I tried to find the worst jobs in the military, and they were all very, like, 
you know, it was all service related. It was all like food service. The yeah, food service chef. guys are apparently the worst. We always say the 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 the, the chef course is, is must be the hardest course in the world because no one's ever passed it for the army because they're all fucking shit. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what all the everyone. I was hoping somebody was. Gonna, I, I didn't see a lot of like you know. We were talking once about uh, you know them uh, getting rid of all the poop with the diesel fuel and stuff like that. There wasn't a whole lot of that. But I, I'm under the impression that like global. I mean, speaking in the military, that those kitchen jobs are the worst. Yeah, the thing is as well. Like you've got to think if you're a chef, you aren't like oh I want to be an army chef. You want to be in a chef in a restaurant. You're not like right. so. It's just like people who probably couldn't be asked getting a job anywhere else, and they're just like oh I'll just be a chef. Don't fancy getting shot at. I'll just make bacon or whatever. <laughs> Well, I, uh, that reminds me, a couple episodes ago, I was talking to a friend of mine who's a food writer who was de- talking to health inspectors, and she was saying that the worst health inspections were all from schools Oof. because, like, the, the everything was, you know, these, weren't, these are not like, you know, these are not like Chef Boyardee. This isn't like people with, I mean, these are just like regular people reheating stuff. Yeah. Like, you don't go to a school... Or I would imagine the same thing in the military. And you're not just like, let's go to the farmer's market and see what's, you know, what's seasonal. <laughs> you know, it's like you're getting cans and you're opening cans and then you're reheating them. So I can just imagine that it's just drudgery. Actually, one time when I was in culinary school, I had the, my, my teacher was saying that every uh, once a month he, teach, he cooks at a, food, at a food pantry. And he said, anybody wants to come join me, I'd love to have you. And I was like, I want to come. So I helped cook at a food pantry once and it was a really interesting experience it was an eye-opening experience because it was just like there were so many people who were waiting for something to eat and they were just basically you know ripping through stuff in the cauldrons and we were using a canoe or a canoe paddle to <laughs> cook the food it was really like but it was it felt like even though it was like i mean we weren't like making you know high level stuff it did feel really good to you know nurture someone especially mm-hmm. people who were in a, in a bad way I suppose that's the thing as well, isn't it? You know, like, people in certain things, there's a sense of pride, so you'd want to keep it clean and stuff, whereas if you're a teacher, uh, a a chef at a school, there's no pride in it, is there? You're just like, I'm just cooking food for these little bastard kids. You're all fucking (laughs) salmonella, fuck them. (laughs) Well, I mean, mean, it's a huge problem, but, I mean, it's... That's the... That was the interesting thing, is, like, you know, I, I didn't expect it that the military job's the worst job being in the kitchen. I actually have a customer of mine who is a chef at, uh, there's a there's a uh, school around here. It's called West Point. It's a very famous military academy. And he's the chef, he's the, he's the chef at like the officer's cafeteria. So I guess there's like this high level officer's cafeteria and he's uh, one of the chefs there. Um, so I guess he doesn't have it so bad. He likes it. All right, number five, pest control worker. Hmm. So dealing with, Trapped. Oh, speaking of which, uh, number of, uh, I guess last episode or two, we were talking about. I don't know if you have in the UK they have it, but in the United States they have. The post office has boxes for. The post office has boxes to ship, so you can get their free boxes and use them. And I guess John Ariani was saying that they were complaining because they, they put too much tape on it, and the postmaster said the tape on this. The tape on these boxes are are, are are rat trap grade. That means it's the kind that that will hold a rat down. And I was just shipping boxes today, and I was testing it out. I was just like, rats are going to fucking use this like a 
bed. This is they're gonna get right out of it. There's no rat gonna be sticking on this. This is glue is bullshit. So <laughs> number six is ape ape urine collector. <laughs> Jesus, ape urine, ape In fact, urine collector. Funny you should say that when we went to the zoo that the. the uh... The other weekend for Rogue's birthday, yeah. and me and my missus were actually talking about like, imagine because they were like shitting in their hand and just chucking it, and we were like, imagine like how bad it is just going in there with just shit and piss, because they don't give a fuck. They're not like, oh, we'll just piss in this one corner. They're just like shitting. Like <laughs> yeah. one of them just dangled its ass over the side and just pissed, and then was like putting its hand under the piss and then splashing it. Like imagine cleaning that. It's gonna be pissed like on the walls, ceiling, and everywhere. It must be a fucking shit job, literally. Spoiler alert! Just <laughs> hold on. Hold what you got. Hold what you got. So, ape urine collector. The sounds. The sound. The job sounds unreal, but sadly, it's not. Ape urine collectors are employed by scientists who need ape urine to study the factors that affect their reproduction. The work involves trapping. Tracking down apes, laying down large plastic sheets, or attaching plastic bags to poles in hopes of catching the adequate sample to analyze. Can you imagine? Can you fucking imagine? So that's like in the yeah. wild as well, isn't it? That's not even in like a zoo or anything. That is, I can't imagine finding the apes, number one, and then holding a bag up to fucking cool. hope that they're going to pee in it. Like apes must be just sitting there going, look at these silly bastards. <laughs> fucking Morrison's carrier bag underneath my piss. They probably just do it on purpose, just like here, have some, splash some piss on you. <laughs> All right, so that is number uh, six. Number seven is deconstruction worker. Uh, while this may sound like a variation of a regular construction job, the difference is you're not building something, you're tearing it down. By the end of the day, deconstruction workers are literally covered with dust, chip paint, dangerous debris, and glass, such as glass. Still, while dirty and somewhat dangerous, deconstruction also also may be strangely satisfying. Number eight is zoo cleaner. Zoo cleaner. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> there we go. I told you. It wasn't that far out. I, they should have stretched these. They should have put number eight and number six kind of farther apart. Yeah. They're a little bit too tight together. <laughs> but a zoo cleaner, you think working at a zoo would be fun. It probably is if you're the zookeeper. Zoo cleaners, on the other hand, are in charge of the behind-the-scenes work, which means cleaning the zoo as well as animals including the long and forgotten places on their bodies. And remember, not all animals are fastidious as house cats. So not only are they cleaning up, but they're giving baths to all these animals. Mm, I think it'd be all right with, with some... Uh, I, I do quite like the idea of, like, looking after a tiger or something, if you're pally with it. When I was a kid... When, did you ever go to circuses when you were a kid? Yeah. With animals? Yeah. When I was a kid... My dad, my grandfather always wanted us to go see Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus, which was the most famous circus at the time. And they would have it at uh, Madison Square Garden in New York. And it was always seeing, always seeing lions and the tigers. And there was the, the most famous uh, tiger guy was called, his name was Gunther Gable Williams. He was like some sort of German or something like that. And he would walk, his big thing was he would walk around with like, he had b- blonde hair and he had he always had a leopard around his neck, like a live leopard around his neck, and then which was totally deranged, completely <laughs> deranged. And then you know, then there were the elephants, and I always used to watch the guys behind the elephants picking up the 
shit. Uh, and I was yeah. just think, God, this poor fucking guys. And then I thought the poor fucking animals because they're getting like slapped around and like made to you know stand on little things and stuff like that. Number nine. Hot zone superintendent. Hot zone superintendents perform maintenance before a biosafety lab that study lethal airborne pathogens for which there are no known cure. These pathogens include disease-causing organisms such as anthrax. Given that a a sterilized lab, the work is not dirty per se, but what it lacks in dirt, it makes up for in worry. Yeah, that's... Something like that's definitely not something you want to do, is it? Especially if it's like, oh, I breathed this thing in, my suit was ripped, and now I'm gonna die. What did you? What did you have when you were training in the in the military? How did they prepare you for like chemical warfare? Um, <clears throat> we did M- N- NBC training, nuclear biological chemical weapon training. <clears throat> it's, it, it's weird because like obviously a civilian looking at what we're wearing looks all fancy. Fancy schmancy and that, but when when we were doing the training, they're just like, yeah, this ain't gonna stop anything really. It just prolongs your life by about ten minutes, and that's probably about it. In like a worst case scenario, but we actually, I don't know if they still do it now, but when we did it, you get you get put in your full suit with like the boots and everything, and then you have these little these uh, what's it called? I think it's called Fuller's Earth. What you you have patches on it, and it neutralizes a certain chemical, and then you go in a a CS gas chamber, and then the CS gas, you, you, you'll stand there, you've got to say, you, you, what have you got to do? You stand there, you get asked your rank, uh, name, rank, army number. Um, oh, no, you go in there, the, the, the pop the gas, so the, the, the chamber fills up with CS gas. You walk up to the, I think it was a platoon sergeant, then you've got to take your respirator off, Say your name, rank, and army number, then put your respirator back on. <laughs> it's all what's what's the point? Um, it's just to get you used to, you know, like it's it's the speed, you know. You do gas, 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 and you've got to get your respirator on in a certain amount of time. You know, it's there's all these books, and they give you a certain amount of di- time to do it. But then the the whole point in that is, you know, un, under 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 duress so you're like you, right. you're sort of in a highly stressed i mean you, your eyes are absolutely streaming with water you can't breathe probably it feels like someone's put a flamethrower down your throat and then you've got to finish it as well you can't like only half say your number or you've got to finish it and then put your mask back on your respirator back on and then i think you, you take you take a big breath put your respirator back on blow it all out and uh push all the gas out of the respirator and then you're still in clip but yeah. Oh my god! Brutal. It was worth it. Oh. though. It was definitely worth it. Did would, would would any of the 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 leading guys say that's not fast enough? Or yeah. what did you say? What did you say? I didn't hear you. And then you have to do it again. Well, and it's funny you should say you be... that. <laughs> oh, here we go, baby. I, obviously, I did it one time, and then the, I, I, I'm just the same as I am. I was. I was while in training and stuff, I was always cheeky. And the the platoon sergeant said something to me about it, and I was like, yeah, it was easy, I'd do it again. And then he made me do it. I think I did it like oh. three or four times. But you, you can you can develop an immunity to CS gas, and I was just like, well, if if, if anything, I'll develop it. I didn't ever develop an immunity to it, but... <laughs> Dude, when I'm using CA glue, 
like crazy glue. <laughs> yeah. My eyes are streaming. I bought a, sp- a special respirator just because when I use a CA glass, CA gas, I'm like choking. <laughs> my eyes are watering. I'm like, and I'm thinking about you in this gas full chamber saying your name, rank, and serial number, and I'll say it five times. Meanwhile, a little bit of crazy glue, and I'm like a fucking mess. Yeah, crazy glue is bad though. I, I think. Crazy glue, you know, like that. The, the feeling of that time times about fifty is probably this, this year. Maybe more than fifty, actually. <laughs> but, I was hoping you were going to say, "Oh, crazy glue is way worse." <laughs> in fact, yeah, was, that would have made just you... delete that bit. Crazy glue is well worse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, they, they just put some crazy glue under my nose, and I had to say my name, rank, and serial number. I just started. I just fell over, and passed out. <laughs> and then, what is the world title worst job? What do you think the world title is? Do you know? What? I'd like to say it would be um, on my feet. Uh, like you know, people who look after old people and have to change them. Uh, uh. I feel like that. That, but then obviously that's per, that's like for me. So it's weird in it because obviously it's, other people would see that as maybe not a hard job, but some of what I wouldn't like to do myself. I don't like changing my kids' asses, so I wouldn't like to change like my grandma's ass or something, especially when she's like too far gone. I got to tell you, when my father was really, my father was, was dying and his wife called me up to help with him, they asked me, she, asked, she basically wanted me to help change him. And that was like, deep down, I know that it was completely to humiliate me and him. Like there was definitely like this. It really was. I mean, he was well to do that. He could have had a. They could have had a nurse mm. or somebody do it. But they wanted me to do it. And I just remember just looking at his eyes, and being like, "All right, Dad, listen. You're just gonna have to. You're gonna. We're gonna both gonna have to. We're gonna have to steal ourselves up for this one." <laughs> and it was awful. It was awful. It was terrible. And it was very much along the lines of, it was humiliating for him, but he couldn't do anything about it, and it was fucking irritating to me and terrible. But yeah, it's. Adults are way worse than kids. I mean, when I, I used to change my kid, and it was like it wasn't so bad. We, but there were some up the back numbers yeah. that I'm sure you know all about. I feel like R- Rogue is the fucking up the back master. Like, in fact, we we've just <laughs> broken the Sunday curse because every Sunday, like, we'd have a bit of a lie and we'd get up, we'd go in Rogue's bedroom, and there's fucking shit everywhere. Like, it's up his back, <laughs> on his hands, on his face. Every Sunday, like, his nappy just exploded. But this Sunday. You know, like, we were fucking stood outside his bedroom, like, right, we're three, two, one, go. In fact, it was pretty much like, like, like gas training in the army, but we, <laughs> like, we burst into his room and, oh, there was no shit anyway, it was just piss, so, <laughs> we broke the oh. curse, but yeah, it's, I did, some places where they get shit is like, how did you get, like, he had a bit underneath his eyelid, and it was, <laughs> not under his eyelid, so, yeah, on, like, underneath his uh, eyelash, sorry. Like, how the fuck do you get shit there, mate? Like, nowhere else. Like, how did that bit of shit land there without touching anywhere else? When 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 my kid was a couple months old, my sis, my wife's sister... Oh, I forgot to turn off my my compressor. Great job. <laughs> so, <laughs> you, I, you're this dumbest motherfucker of all time. I can't believe I forgot to turn that fucking thing on. Well, that's this is how podcasting goes. Um, when I when my kid was... I got a leak, guys. We're going to make this say I'll turn it off in a minute. I'm going to get a lot of messages. Well, I think you're, the problem is, is you're you got a leaky O-ring. I know all about it. We're going to leaky O-ring. So, when my, my kid was a few months old... My sister-in-law said that she'd come up and watch uh, watch her uh, watch her. So we went out, and when we got this frantic message saying, "I think there's something wrong with your kid," 
And we came home, and it went, you know, up the back master. It went right <laughs> up the back, like, like up the back. And she was like, how does it go up the back and then through past the shirt, up through the collar? <laughs> and we're like, it's just one of those things, man. It's like, you know. <laughs> got a leaky o-ring man it's like the compressors what can you do what can you do well the number the number 10 worst job title goes to a dentist huh. which i don't disagree with yes a dentist probably not the job most people would expect but definitely fits the bill dentists spend their days wading through the dirtiest cavities of the world the human mouth which combines some of the more repugnant features of all um uh, of all the aforementioned jobs, blood, dirt, bugs, and disease. What's more, unlike other bad jobs, which requires little, if any, formal training, dentists are forced to endure years of schooling and pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to even practice their dirty job. Is it any wonder that dentistry bo- uh, boasts the highest rates of suicide of any prevent of any profession? Mm. My sister's a dentist. highest rates. I wonder if she's going to try and offer herself. Who who's this? Uh, my my younger sister. She's well. She's she's a dental nurse, but trained Hygienist, to be a right. uh, dentist thing. Oh, I I, I think I'd like that job. I, I quite like going to dentist. Really? In fact, to be honest, uh, uh, the dentist. I'm, I'm going to say it quiet because Emma might be listening. The the dentist where my sister works. Like my sister is the ugliest person there. I feel like the guy. It must be a guy who owns it, and he's just hired like loads of young, nice-looking women. Honestly, it's it's like Hugh Hefner's dentist or something. It's so weird. I'm like smashing my teeth out. Like oh, I need to need to go to the dentist. It's so surreal. It's like it's like the Twilight Zone. You walk in there, and there's just like young women. And what is this? <laughs> that is fascinating because my my dentist i've known my dentist for i just went to the dentist uh and she pulled she did a cavity in the way way back and my jaw was in pain because they had to like ratchet my jaw open and it was like sore and it's still not 100 percent. and i i fucking hate the dentist but i all i could hate i couldn't hate more is the idea of looking into people's mouths and smelling that breath because you know it's going to be bad. Yeah, so, you know it's going to yeah, be bad. Yeah, I suppose like because I had a, a a root canal done, I had an abscess behind that, and I, I assume that probably stunk. Like I didn't smell it, but it, it's obviously it's it's like bacteria and stuff in it, and yeah, that would be pretty bad. And oh, you, you God, you've got to be close squirming? as well, aren't you? You can't. It's not like you can do it at arm's reach. You've got to be like in there, like with your nostrils right in the mouth, just. So yeah, they. My dentist has known me for a long time, and she had. I was calling it the sump pump. You know that that little thing that sucks you and sucks all the water in the back. Yeah. And then the the one hygienist had the mirror, ratcheting open my side of my mouth, and then there was like this like this wedge that went in my jaw, so I wouldn't have to like manually keep my mouth open. So I was just like it was being I was being pried open. And she was, I just couldn't think about how would you get in there? And then there's Dremel bits, and then there's all this, like, the smell of the teeth. And then I said, your, your, your sump pump is, I'm drowning back here. I said, don't pinch. I said, if you pinch my nose, you're going to kill me. And then she jokingly pinched my nose. I was like, this is like, this is, I, I just, you know, I can't think of anything worse. I can't think of anything worse than being in the dentist. Ben has re-entered the chat. Got it. Ben, is everything okay? Uh, everything's fine. Uh, false alarm. <laughs> oh, good, good. Well, Perfect. we were just we were rounding up. 
Well, I just give you a summary. I'm glad you're Go back. Lot. The summary is the worst, the five, wor- the ten worst jobs. I'll just give you a quick summary. One was road collector. Two, manure, and feel free to comment yep. at any any point. Roadkill collector, manure inspector, portable toilet cleaner, uh, crime scene cleaner, Ugh. pest control worker, uh, ape urine collector, ape. Urine collector. I don't know. I feel like I know. I mean, I I got nothing to say to that. That sounds horrible. (laughs) Well, apparently, and and dangerous. Monkey strength. Deconstruction worker. Deconstruction worker. Eight is zoo cleaner. Hold on. Hold on. What does the world come through when we can't just call it fucking demolition? It's deconstruction now. (laughs) This might not be. This might. You make a very good point. You make a very good point. I, maybe I, you were 100% right. Maybe it's too aggressive. Yeah, demolition Zoo is too cleaner, aggressive. Hot, hot, zone su- hot zone superintendent, and number 10 was dentist. What is a hot zone uh, superintendent? Uh, they uh, uh, perform maintenance work for biosafety labs huh. uh, that study uh, airborne pathogens. All right. So basically what, the, what they didn't do well at. Wuhan, China. <laughs> that, that, guy, that guy, that guy didn't do a good job. I'll give y'all a quick rundown of why I had to leave so abruptly. Go ahead. Uh, and I, there's going to be a little bit of backstory here. So the guy I Go work ahead. for is a neurosurgeon, brilliant neurosurgeon, wonderful guy. Really like him. He's been really generous and great with me and my family. He loves to play with his toys, and his toys are heavy equipment, skid steer, excavator, tractor, whatnot. The thing is, is he's terrible at all of it. And so he takes off, and he, you know, over the years, they used to come out every other weekend, stay the weekend. He'd get in his tractor, and he'd he'd grade roads and stuff. And then on Monday, the game was always, where is the tractor and what is broken on it? Because he wouldn't tell me where he left it ever, and he would never tell me that it's broken, and it was always broken. So as he's gotten older, he's kind of slowed down a bit, and he doesn't do quite as much road work. But what he does is generally about 10 times more dangerous than what he used to do. And so his wife, they happen to be out here today, which is an irregularity, his wife called and was like, well, have you, have you seen Wayne? And I was like, yeah, you know, three, four hours ago, he's off working. He's Wayne, the road builders out there building roads. And so I told her, you know, I'm, I'm recording this podcast, but if you don't hear back from him in a little bit, let me know and I'll, I'll go look. And so I frantically drove around one of the pastures where I knew he was in didn't see him. I get back to the shop. The skid steer was parked. His ranger was gone, and all is well. Wow! All in less than half an hour. <laughs> I can drive that thing pretty fast, <laughs> which is about We've the got... same speed he tries to drive the skid steer. I can't imagine neurosurgery. I mean, that's like. I just feel like you're just a hairs away of destroying something. And I think that's why he comes out here and he gets in his tractor. It is his tractor. He doesn't have to give a shit. If he breaks right. it, he'll pay to have it fixed. He just doesn't care, and it's fun for him. 
At the end of this uh, 10 worst jobs, there's an advertisement for postal worker jobs. (laughs) (laughs) The post office, just to let you know, everybody, U.S. postal jobs, starting salary is $72,000 a year. No experience necessary. Yeah, and apparently you don't have to do anything either. (laughs) Is that right? That's the way the the postal service is operating lately. Yeah. I think that's a global thing, isn't it? It's bad. You know what? I, the crazy part is it's bad sending to your area, Honor. It's like you guys have an easier time sending to us mm. than we have to send to you. It's like it's remarkably expensive to send anything outside the United States. So I got, I got to send a hammer to Fingal here pretty quick, and I'm not real excited about that bill. <laughs> he, well, you know, I, I, I'll, off, off camera, when this is all over, I'll tell you what he does. He's got to move. All right. Don't worry about that. Uh, I'm going to give you some options we can talk about. I got some stories here. If you guys want to talk about them, we can. You say when, and we'll say, well, we'll go. Uh, TikTok bans the milk crate challenge for citing safety concerns. That's just pussification of America. We don't need to hear more about that. (laughs) Have you you noticed how that trend went fast and furious and then fizzled out super-duper fast? I don't even know what it is. Oh, it's just it's just people hurting themselves. Challenges? Why would they ban that? This is this is this is was this was such a huge thing for a couple like a couple months ago, yeah. right? So what you do is you get and this must be American thing. It was so hot and what you do is you get like I think like 50 milk crates. You know you know what a milk crate is, yeah. right? It's like the plastic thing with the holes in it and stuff like that and they stack up. So you get like 50 of them, and then you would stack them up. So there'd be one, and then you'd stack another stack of two, and then three, four, five, six. And then you the go back down to five, four, three. Pyramid. Yeah. Right. So what people were doing was they were going to parks with all 50 They weren't crates. always in parks. I saw some with them in a driveway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then... They, the, I guess they would. I guess there was money involved. I would imagine there's the only way they're getting people to do this is there's got to be money involved. They put money in, or you get a chance to win some money, and they'd make these people climb up. And it's then, not making inevitably, people. The, it's this isn't Squid Games. They're not making them. <laughs> they are just doing it. Well, it is Squid Games, really. I, because I it's guarantee like, you, some people were just like, "This is going to be great on TikTok." I, yeah. Nearly all of them were like, "This is going to be great on TikTok." That's how things go viral, and it. Someone does it, and they're like, "Wow, we need to do that," and then everyone just starts doing yeah, it. Yeah, and... there, there's no money. <clears throat> it's oh, just there's stupidity. money. I mean, it has to be money. There has to be money. Like, we, there ha- people probably just I'm because you, you wouldn't you would <laughs> have to be paid to do this doesn't mean other people would have to be paid. We already talked about you know. Owner did stupid shit for free. Yeah, he's probably going to go get yeah. some milk crates when we're done with this. And plus, we, you got to look. We, up. Live, we live in an era where like likes a currency, so that's the currency what they're doing it for. That's, isn't it? You know, you're not wrong there. Well, the videos were, I mean, hilarious because the, by the time they got the people got to the third crate, as you would imagine, they just fall over because mm-hmm. I mean it's uh, just not even legs like legs are shaking, <laughs> things are going oh, and sideways, then they just fall, and then they, they get up to like the sixth level. And boy, when they come down, they come down hard. <laughs> uh, so hard. I mean, they're hard not oh, to watch shit. because they go and down everyone like a flat goes tire. crazy. There, it's it's it was like it, it was all the rage for three weeks to the point where I'm looking at my milk crates, being like, I think I could sell these <laughs> milk crates. <laughs> you know, you couldn't buy milk crates at Home Depot. Like people were taking. Like my, my kids said, down at the park, they were doing the milk crate challenge 
at the park and i was just like all right so you can tell all these there was like a bunch of entrepreneurs like importing milk crates yeah you need to to look at champagne yeah yeah and then all oh dude you gotta look at so that's all right so 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 it because but people were really hurting they're fucking themselves up basically falling i mean imagine i mean kind of being like on the top of like a very flimsy ladder and then you know it kicks out, and then you just kind of come crashing down. But then you come crashing down on these hard plastic crates and the, asphalt. So, uh, the, but the, yeah, yeah, that's asphalt, you know yeah. that's that's evolution. Jackass. That's Darwinism. Like yeah. I f- They're I feel just as weeding well, out the the weak and dumb. All all it is is that, you know like people are doing stuff now, which people have been doing for years and years and years, probably hundreds of years. But it's just that they're recording it. Like don't ban them yeah. from doing it. Just let them do it. If they die, then they're stupid enough to die. Like everyone who's come through everything what they've done. Like I've done loads of stupid shit. I'm still alive. But you know like if banning it just takes away the fun in it. You know someone dying just just makes it a bit more fun. Well, I think that the, I think like I mean I can't obviously can't speak for these social media companies, but I think they're just being like all right. We need to have some sort of line where people aren't like breaking their legs and stuff on thing. One speaking of what you were just saying, uh, Chris Cash got me interested in this one Instagram page. It's called Unqualified or Qualified Captain. Do you know about that? Uh-huh. All right, it's it's videotape of like boating accidents and like it's always like people coming into a dock or a mooring and then instead of like slowing down they accidentally hit the accelerator and they go up onto the dock it's the biggest thing is and it's like and apparently this is very normal that when you're lower when you're when you're backing your boat into down a ramp what happens is is i guess there's like the 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 boat ramps get very slick with like algae and stuff Mm -hmm. And what eventually happens is, is the car starts oh, to come I've, I've, slide yeah. down I've seen in the a water. Lot of those videos. <clears throat> You've got to follow Qualified Captain because it's like all these cars submerge. You go on a day after the, you're going on a day out with the family with your boat, and then you kind of lower it in. And the boat's floating, but the car is underwater, and then it's just like it's just it's or, like every single day there are these crazy boat things that like you were saying they've probably been happening forever but finally people are being like hey let's record it and send it to qualified captain it's like all the time the yeah. ones i always happen to see is it's a boat backed up right to the water line or not a boat a, a pickup backed up right to the water line and you don't see anything else and then he starts pulling forward and out emerges like this nice F three fifty pickup completely full of water <laughs> yeah. being towed out. Well, the, the you... I'll, I'll, I obviously live near the near the seaside and the the beach here. It's got like so you can drive straight onto the beach in some areas. You're not supposed to during the day, but in like when it's really sun, sunny, some people will drive on there. And there's, there's so many times like cars have got stuck because obviously it'll sink. You know, like with the, the drive right down near water and the it's pretty much like quicksand in areas and people are getting these nice new cars. I think it was a. Um, a couple of years ago, but it was that year plate car, maybe 2019, and it was that year, and it got it got stuck like it was just sinking. They were trying to get the wheels spinning, it was just digging itself deeper and deeper. But some people just, I wouldn't even want to <laughs> risk losing a car into the flat. Oh, no. When I watched uh, Qualified Captain, I'm like, I'm never gonna have a boat. <laughs> I'm never going to have a boat. I don't want to be one of these dudes. The best ones are the ones like down in Miami, and they're kind of slowly, slowly coming into the mooring, and then something happens, and they hit the accelerator, and it goes up onto the dock, you know, and it's like everyone's losing their minds, and 
cursing at each other. Or the other one is that's big with qualified captain is like if the water's too shallow and people get uh, hit the sandbar, and then they do what's called the rooster tail, where they're trying to like propel yeah. themselves out by like you know, and then the propeller gets out. the mud and. Oh, dude, it, qualified captain's great, but it, that's that's that. So we could where are we already covered? I mean, we already know about TikTok, the milk crate challenge. Uh, Michigan parent, uh, Michigan parents uh, owe son. Michigan parents owe their son thirty thousand dollars for tossing out his prized porn collection. That's one. We have you can do that if you want. We also have a lot of what weird kid would things. own up to that? Well, should we look at it? Well, I. I mean, I, you piqued my interest. I'm not going to lie, but uh, it's, that's what this is it's supposed more to do. like, well, mom, you threw, this was an original, <laughs> I, I, I can't even think of a porn name. I don't know. Buttmaster 7. Oh. <laughs> well, Buttmaster 7. I, wow. I don't know. I can't, I, Gee, I couldn't, wow, was that, I didn't know it was that expensive. I couldn't come up with any. <laughs> uh, uh, in Michigan, this is in Michigan, no less. A judge has ordered a Western Michigan couple to pay $30,000 to their son. It's 30441 but you get it. To their son for getting rid of his pornography collection. U.S. District Judge uh, Paul Maloney's decision came weeks, came this week after eight months after David uh, working. No, he's 43. I was going to say, he's uh, got to be a fucking weirdo to have $30,000 and live with his parents. <laughs> So I was about to say fuck. this is the best eighteen-year-old of all time, but no. So this, this like, kid's been sponging off his parents, and he's now forty-three, and he and he won it in court. Like fucking hell! Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> what a fuck! He's, he's just a fucking asshole. That's all it boils down to. Yeah, that is it. Yeah. If he was if he was eighteen, you'd be all over the kid. No, you wouldn't. If he was 18, You're you'd eighteen, be all over and you've him. got thirty thousand dollars worth of porn. Feel, Why I don't you like have a fucking was, car or an apartment? Yeah, if he was 18, or maybe he some be real pussy. Fucking yes. Yeah, <laughs> you could fucking spend 30 grand on prostitutes and get a fucking better time. <laughs> well, let's just figure out what he said. So he said they had no right to throw out his collection of films, magazines, and other items. Uh, he was living in their Grand, Ho- uh, Grand Haven home for 10 months after divorce. Of course, a 43-year-old before... guy would refer to his porn collection as films. <laughs> They're educational. <laughs> my 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 film collection. The judge followed the the value set by an expert. Uh, blah blah blah. blah. They had they had an expert. There was an expert who reported the value, and working's parents must pay. Uh, also, also besides the the how much 30 grand they also have to pay $14,000 to their son's attorney fucking hell. he fucking he fucking jammed disowned 43 yeah, year old disowned. asshole jammed his you parents are, you are out of the fucking go get in the bo- go get a box go somewhere else go get a go get I, a I, get out you know what, I really hope this, Look, the, like here's the court one playboy and a refrigerator box get out <laughs> i want to know what the court proceed what happened like how if, if i'm a judge and i'm sitting there like and some and some First start if a forty odd year old man's like, My parents threw my pawn collection away, I'd be like, Fuck <laughs> off. Get the fuck out of my face. What a waste of space. But how the fuck would he even decide in, in the guy's favour? Yeah. you can't fucking sue you fucking hell, like taking your parents to court when they bring you up and fucking hell. Well I'm gonna sue my child. They've been bringing you up for forty three fucking years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fucking hell. 
So uh, after moving to Indiana, this guy learned that his possessions were missing. Um, his dad said an email, frankly, I did you a favor getting rid of all this stuff. Also, um, what, what you said on or about reading the court proceedings, like, did they list out and read every title of everything? <laughs> yeah. Must blah, blah, blah. I mean, so it must Yeah, have. with the value of each one. $3. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, the only, the, the, the only, when I was younger, I thought that my parents were divorced and I was getting a lot of, I was getting a lot more leniency it, towards my mental Is this going to be that you've got a $30,000 porn collection? No, no, I don't have it. I don't have it. No, I, I have not. I no, no. The, the, when I was younger, I used to get magazines and like have them. And have the guy put you. You say, "Can you put him in a paper bag?" And they put him in the paper bag. Oh, yeah. But I remember I was so crazed for Bridget Nielsen after Rock was it Rocky Three? When was it with Ivan Drago? You know what I'm yeah. talking about? Was that Rocky Three? Rocky Four. It's Rocky Four. So. Bridget Nielsen was also Red Sonia yeah. uh, in the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. And I don't know what it was about her, but somebody somebody said she's going to be in Playboy. She's going to cover Playboy. And at the time, I was like, look, I don't remember how old I was, but I was just like, I, I think that I, I, I want to get this magazine. <laughs> and my mother was just like, all right. All right. I mean, she also had, you know, her two two older brothers, and she was just, you know, I think that she was, like, being very hands-off with me, and it wasn't, I was being honest and stuff like that, as long as you're honest, whatever. So I remember she told my father, who, because she, she's also told me, well, your father had a giant penthouse collection, like, penthouse was, <laughs> the you know, so, so it was just like, well, how mad can he possibly be? So he came over to me one time after, I, and, and she said, the one thing you can't do is you can't hide it. You can't hide it, so it had to be on my, my desk. So I had this one Playboy with Bridget Nielsen on the on the desk, sitting on the desk, and it was like my prized possession. And I just remember my father coming up to me after my mother told him she was he was furious with her. He was furious with her. And I remember he coming up to me and he, and he says to me, So, I hear you're on a beaver hunt. <laughs> oh god. And I swear to God, I was just like, Oh my God. I just I I just don't know. I I was like, Oh my God, I and he just like humi- it was like te- just something. What you did you say to that? I said, Dad, I don't. I was just like, Oh, I'm just this miserable little human being. <laughs> it was awful. It's terrible. Totally terrible. And then the other time is I had I-, I had this like section in the bathroom where there was this rug that came up <laughs> behind the toilet, and I would stash a magazine behind under the under the carpet, and then the woman cleaning our house found it. And told my mother, and then and then that was humiliating. And then the worst part was, I thought, well, she can't fall for it twice, so I did it again. <laughs> exact same spot. I put the next one in the exact same spot. And I thought she can't think I'm stupid enough to put it in the same exact spot where she found it before. And it's exactly the same thing happened. He's still putting fucking portals under the carpet. Oh, the cleaning lady. So this dumb. is the dumbest person I've ever. <laughs> I'm thinking, in my mind, I'm thinking this is the smartest yeah, thing to do. You're being Just put it in the same fucking spot, and she can't possibly think I'm dumb enough to do that again. And it was like, it wasn't even a day. It wasn't even a fucking day. It was just, I was just like, just put it straight like, back. My mom's like, what are you doing? What are you fucking doing? I'm like, all right, I'm done with this point. It's too much work. Fucking too much work. Fucking okay, no. hell. 
True story. I don't even think I dare go buy a porno mag now as a full grown. I don't even know if they're still selling, but I definitely wouldn't. I remember when I was when I was younger and a virgin, and my my dad was like, "Oh, well, you're you're a virgin, so you you need to one day you're gonna have sex." And he made me go into like a petrol station and buy some condoms. And I think I think I've got PTSD from that. Actually, I've, I'm fucking traumatized from it. Still got the condoms. I, I probably still do have them, yeah. <laughs> they were like just in a big box as well. Like, can I have some condom? What? Can I have some? Can I have some? I, can I, have some? <laughs> I bought a uh, Carmen Electra Playboy, and it took me, I don't know, maybe like an hour and a half of sitting in my car, getting myself psyched up to go into the bookstore and grab it and have to walk all the way to the front with this. Carmen Electric Playboy. And, you know, you try to wrap it up to where, you know, it's right. in a, like a little plastic bag, and you wrap it to where you can just see the back cover, but not a, it, there's no other magazines in a little plastic bag. Mm, there's nothing right. else it could be. Yeah, there's no hiding as a... Nope. Kids have it too easy now. Yeah. They don't have to go through the stream. internet, boom. Yeah. It's, it's like, yeah, there's no human... You, you click on incognito mode, <laughs> and you go full... You know, you go right there. And then no one's the wiser. It's just so they're, they're, it's too it's too it was too hard back did then. They, did they put your like your, your Rudy magazines on top shelf as well? Oh yeah, yeah. They, yeah. they did. I was once when I was younger. Must have been in college. I went to the airport and I was getting a magazine or a, or a paper or something like that. And I saw this dude in the in the airports. They have like they they had. I don't know if they still do. They had the you know the the porno section. The, the Hudson News. Staying. Hudson News. He's, he's standing in the corner, just flipping, just flipping through the magazine. And I don't know why anybody would want to just like, you know, you're in your suit, you're about to get on the airplane. I don't want you to get yourself horned up. I've always wondered, like, who the hell the buys a porno magazine in the in the airport? So the dude's flipping through this magazine, and I'm thinking, what kind of fucking perversion is that? Where you're just like, you want to get all boned up before you get on the flight? He gets on the flight, and then I walk past him to go to the bathroom he's reading it it, it wasn't like playboy where like, oh, yeah, the articles it was about an, you know nolan ryan gets a you know no hitter it wasn't about that i mean it was just like some you know like what you were saying butt bandits they, they'd seven. kick him off the and airplane it, nowadays yeah oh now but he i'm just like what kind of maniac who's reading a porno magazine in, his, in the fucking on the airplane that is what a man who's comfortable with himself man. <laughs> he is comfortable. I remember there were a couple of epi- uh, couple of Playboys where they actually had some interviews, like Mick Jagger or Howard Stern <laughs> no, was on there or something. Playboy, like that. and it was like I kind of want to read that article, you know. Playboy magazine, like Maxim magazine, came out, and it was basically Playboy, but with no nips. Right. I mean, yeah. it wasn't. I don't know. It's about I feel as soft like the, as you can get. Yeah, the, those like magazines. In fact, in fact, I do actually thinking about it now. I do still have a porno mag because I've remembered that when I was in Afghan at Christmas, we got um, parcels off people, and I got a parcel off a vicar, and in it was some whiskey, um, and a porno mag and some sweets and stuff. And I've still got that what porno. Is, what is a vicar? Yeah, that's why I kept it. I was like, how fucked up it's is like this? Like a pastor. Yeah, because every, all right. everyone was like, oh, you can have this one because it'll be shit. And it was like, everyone was like, what the fuck is this? That was the only <laughs> one with a porno mag in it. It was like the vicar's like, yeah, fuck this. Boom, I'm putting this in here and some whiskey in it as well. Uh, you can just almost guarantee that guy was ex-military. Had to yeah, been. he must have been. He must have been. He yeah. got it. It was a shit porn or, or a magazine. sex criminal. Pretty, or a pretty sex, mild. Or a sex criminal. <laughs> yeah, or a sex <laughs> criminal. 
So here's your choices, guys. We have weird penis news. We have the dumbest crime stories. We have man shocks reporter on how he'd spend the lottery winnings, which I really want to I want to read that, guys. and I'm kind of curious about uh, dumbest crimes. Okay, so let's go right into man shocks reporter on how he'd spend. Go uh, toilet. Man playing the lottery. So this guy's uh, so so man in Shreveport, Louisiana didn't uh, play uh, didn't win last night's Powerball jackpot, but he may have won the internet with his dreams of how he spent his money. The man identified only as James was being interviewed live by Corey Johnson of KSLA TV, a CBS affiliate in Shreveport, when he frankly admitted what he'd do with winning the nearly seven hundred million dollar prize. Um, Prize. And what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to try to play it for you just because it's really Do it's chicks really at the same so time, man. See if you can hear this. <laughs> see if you can. All right. So so this woman is interviewing a guy in a gas station about a uh, about uh, what he'd do with the winnings. And let's see if I can get it to play. What are you going to do with that money if you win? Well, I'm definitely going to get a, a new supercharged Mustang with dual exhaust and about five kilos of cocaine. <laughs> and I'll be good to go. <laughs> so you like cars. You like cars. Jesus. So the best the best part is she's like asking this, you know, you're expecting him to say, Oh, I'm gonna buy it. You know, and he goes straight in muscle car drugs. And then she tries to you can tell when he says five kilos of cocaine that she's gotta like think straight and like figure out what am I gonna do? Oh, so you like cars. You like cars. I love that. That is my fun that's so fucking great. I'm gonna buy five kilos of cocaine. Um, dumbest crimes. This comes from uh, we can <laughs> I have, I have well, plenty of them. So just tell me when you want to go. This comes from the New York Post. The worst rag in New York. Fine. Fit for fit, it's fit for it's fit for the guy who wants to cover up his porno magazine <laughs> in the fucking airport. <laughs> the New York Post. So here's some of the dumbest criminals. Tell me when you want to stop. Thief caught after trying to rob the same bank two days in a row. That's kind of like <laughs> yeah, me with my it. porno mag. Was it an attempted <laughs> robbery both times? Or did he rob <laughs> he it once and then attempted the next day? They say the criminals always return to the scene of the crime. But a bumbling California bank robber didn't even wait a day before he came back to the branch he, illegally, he allegedly knocked over. Samuel Brown, 33, was busted after he tried to rob the same Fountain Valley Chase Bank two days in a row, police said. The San Diego resident took off with a large amount of cash after he slipped a stick-up stick um, <laughs> note in the teller uh, at 3 p.m. Monday, uh, the Fountain Valley police said in a news release. The dough apparently wasn't enough for Brown, who came back to the bank the next morning and tried to rob them I again. feel like you can relate to this guy, Jeff, with yeah. your porno mag. Well... I can imagine that it's the same mindset of they'll never think I do <laughs> exactly. this again. They'll never think that. I mean, we both got caught. I mean, <laughs> both of us, he, this guy got caught and I got caught. We both thought the same thing, which was meant, they're not stupid enough to think that I'm going to do that again. It makes me think like, I wonder if anyone's ever robbed a bank, then the next day got, or gone back to that bank to put the, the money, what they've stolen from it, into their <laughs> bank account. I bet you, I bet you there's some oh, maniac yeah. who's done that. Like, that'd be ballsy as fuck. Can you imagine? 
Yeah, you'd have to have, like, all of a sudden, all you, the only difference is you have, like, you have the same clothes on, but a mustache. <laughs> yeah, or just some glasses. Oh, wait, y'all are missing $32,000 and 15 cents? That's weird. That's I'm, just, I'm depositing $32,000 and 15 cents. <laughs> Strange. It's so weird. Brown had an outstanding arrest warrant and the rap sheet that included previous robbery convictions in San Diego. So that's one of them. Uh, let's get to here's some other ones. So yeah, there's a shocked woman wakes to find a napping burglar in her guest bedroom. Uh, <laughs> New Jersey teen caught dumping murder victim in the PA woods after leaving hazard lights on. Yeah, it's a little dark. So, brainless kook, a uh, brainless crooks busted for kidnapping next to an NYPD training center. <laughs> Uh, what a mug. A woman uh, named Iconic Face sentenced to robbing a bank to finance plastic surgery. Her name is Iconic Face? Yep. Oh, uh, yep. Look her up on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> a man busted <clears throat> smuggling dozens of live birds and hair curlers at JFK Airport. No, wait. He was smuggling the birds and hair curlers? No, in them. I've I've heard of this. Uh, the, the, what they do is they kind of like get these like exotic birds like drunk and then shove them in the like their pockets and stuff. But I guess they were kind of storing them in like hair curlers. Like I guess hair curlers are the perfect size for this particular bird. <laughs> uh, fugitive busted after venturing out of hiding to buy Call of Duty. You know, that goes back uh, to that guy that was on the, you know, we talked about another one, another episode, where the guy was on the run from the law and started doing his oh, YouTube yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, guy. you know, right. Amazon, bro. It's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, something. Say cheese burglar busted thanks to Cheeto dust on their teeth. Let's read that one. <laughs> I already like yeah. that one. Uh, she was caught orange-handed. A woman was busted for a home invasion in Oklahoma thanks to Cheeto dust found in her teeth, authorities allege. Sharon Carr was arrested on first-degree burglary charges after allegedly uh, committing the dangerous cheesy act Friday uh, in uh, at home at Tulsa. Cops, uh, cops arrived at the home that night where a mom and two kids had called 911 to report uh, hold on, I got a pop-up just came on. Uh, to report, another lady had pried a screen off their window and gotten inside. The snack-loving thief uh, had already fled, but cops said they found a bag of Cheetos and a bottle of water on the floor near the open window. A few seconds later, however, a car allegedly emerged from the shadows. Police told news the mom ID'd her as the invader, and the bus was further cemented in how they found incriminating orange snack food residue still stuck in her teeth. <laughs> Cops think she dropped the bag while making her escape. It's a good reminder that Cheeto dust can be pretty hard to get rid of. Also, dental Says. hygiene. There you go. Uh, there also, you go. I'm going to go back to Iconic Face. So I, I have Googled okay. this person. An Iconic Face is pretty unusual looking. Oh, now I need to look. And then iconic right, face after a few days of not shaving is extremely unusual looking. Well, iconic face might be iconic face. I'm not 100% sure. I don't know if it's F-A-C-C-E, iconic F-A-C-C-E. So the bandages are off, but the charges are sticking. An Alabama woman named iconic face 
or iconic Fache, was found guilty this week of two uh, counts of armed robbery after holding up a Mississippi <laughs> bank two years ago. What the fuck? The cr- <laughs> iconic the face she- can grow a better beard than all three of us. <laughs> the, the crime she allegedly committing to was to fund her plastic surgery. Face's case was uh, originally slated for uh, for trial on June 28, uh, 2021, but the surgery-obsessed thief requested to plead guilty beforehand. After 39-year-old... Uh, the Ozark native's charges stem from a two, uh, 2019 heist of um, Bank Corp South in, in Gulfport, Mississippi. At the time, prosecutors alleged that her plan was to rob banks to financial or sexual reassignment surgery. Gulfport police had been alerted to this crime, uh, hidden uh, crime by hidden alarm uh, activated by the besieged bank branch. Upon arrival, bank employees informed officers that the suspect had approached the telling window, teller's window and handed the clerk a hand-scrawled note that read, "You have one minute to give me the money. Don't be wrong or die. Don't be, do not be wrong or die." No weapon was seen, although the teller did recall the suspect had a swollen face indicative of recent cosmetic surgery. The robbery was captured on surveillance system while the authorities discovered uh, the abandoned Cadillac near the bank. All right, so she's, uh, that's it, iconic Certainly face. Certainly got an iconic face now. Mm. Oh, Indeed. God. I mean, you, the whole point is to not be recognized. <laughs> um, I think that kind of went against, wasn't a, the greatest move. And then the last couple ones was police find loaded gun in the man's buttocks during a strip search. Prison verse. And then Florida woman arrested for sex outside a hospital wears masks in the mugshot. That's not so stupid. No, wait. Uh, Is it a story because she's wearing a mask in the mugshot? I guess. It's not a very, I mean. Yeah, we don't need to hear that. Yeah, it gives a shit. Unless there's that. any pictures right, so of that... her having sex, and then no. So we have we have uh, weird penis news. We have uh, uh, strange. You see, I'm saying weird penis news a lot because I think you think I want to talk about weird penis news. Let's do some weird penis news. Yeah, I was gonna say weird penis because the other day when I was at work. I was I was speaking to Luke who I share the workshop with and I, and we I, I came up with this thing where I was like what would you rather have a 4 inch dick which is 2 inches wide or an 8 inch dick which is like 3 quarter inch wide Oh I'm going wider I'm go, I'm going short and stout Short and stout I'm going to hit the, I'm going to hit those walls <laughs> All right. Well, story number well, what one. What was your answer? Number... <laughs> yeah, I think I think same, yeah. same as you. Yeah, I feel like the long and thin. It's it's just it's more like a cattle prod, isn't it, than out else? Yeah. It's like yeah. it'd be good for picking up dog shit in, uh, in the streets of New York. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather be a little teapot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, all right, so well, I'm gonna just once again I'm gonna read you some. Decide well, if you want to. No, uh, man, Jeff, you hadn't answered. <laughs> I mean, I don't really. I mean, it's like I guess I'm gonna go with the crowd here. I mean, I, I would just wouldn't want to have a long. I wouldn't want to have to like sit down weird. Like I'd rather be able to sit down normal. Like I'd rather like be able to ride a bicycle without 
feeling weird. I, don't I feel like have a to fat constantly. one though. Like, It'd be probably getting you weird. Like, yeah, you'd have to I'd... walk like a cowboy. <laughs> well, there you go. But I mean, like, but a lot of a lot of penises. I don't. I think is probably more trouble. Than you're flinging off your shoulder. Well, especially if if, I mean, it's, if once it's, again, if you you know, like a piece of three three quarter inch. I mean, thin. Not doing a whole lot That's with that. Too much. <laughs> That's too much penis. That's too much penis to deal with. I mean, it's like flopping. If you have to like think about what you're gonna do with it, like ah, oh, I gotta put it over my shoulder. That's too much work. I don't want to have. It's too much fucking work. I mean, come on, honestly, honestly. I have to. If you have to figure out which leg to put it down, it's too much work. I just, I prefer to just to be able to live my life, not having to think about what I have to do with my penis to get on with my life. So. Number one is man lose. You're not going to hear this on Toby Fired Steel, that's for sure. You're never going to be a scoutmaster if you even on this podcast. So man loses penis as a child. Get uh, as a child, and he gets a bionic member. Did he lose his balls Turkish too? Ma- I don't think so. Okay, well, that's I fair think, enough. Good uh, for him. He was just. You just. He got a. He got a. He got himself a Turkish oh, man cuts off penis in broad daylight. Yeah. Let's do Wait, that. what. <laughs> Turkish man cuts off penis in broad daylight After 21-year-old 20, bagel vendor Had an argument with his girlfriend He was so angry and devastated He didn't know what to do So he pulled out a razor blade And he started to cut his own penis that, off That is a he misguided did, he decision He did not think that That's through a misguided... that, is like, that is that brings a new meaning to cutting your nose off to spite your face Doesn't it really? <laughs> Cutting your dick off to spite your missus. I don't. I I had a friend who was a a nurse at a hospital or at a prison hospital, and he said a guy came in one day and he had a pin shoved in his eye. And he asked what was so wrong, and he's like, I got in a fight with this other guy, and I got so mad I didn't know what else to do, so I stabbed myself in the eye. (laughs) (laughs) And the funny, here's the crazy thing is like he got healed up from that. And he got in another confrontation to, with the same guy, and he did it to his other fucking eye. <laughs> Why? I don't I, get it. I don't either. But he, he blinded himself because he was so mad at somebody else. That makes no fucking sense whatsoever. Makes no sense. That is just for that's. Insane. I can't even. I can't so even see, imagine like standing there and being like, "Fuck, fuck this." <laughs> cut my dick off. <laughs> yeah, I hate you. you. This is what you're. I'll gonna teach get. you a lesson. I mean. <clears throat> CCTV video captures a, a crazed self-harm. Uh, it was only halted after several plainclothes police tackled the man to the ground. Surgeons later started uh, stated that the young man had done serious damage and his little friend might not survive. Little. Just deg- uh, degrading so even went... more by saying little. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like... not, only, not only are you degrading him, but you're going to say, I mean, what's the point of cutting it off? I mean, he's going like, to have nothing there anyway. I feel like they put some um, like euphemism in there, like tackle, tackled him to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what these. Li- that's what these. <laughs> that's what these guys have to do. They have to kind of punch the story up. I don't know why you have to. I mean, it's rights itself, but they're trying to like insert themselves with some clever. I feel clips. like that should be like front uh, page news. That like who gives a fuck what Kim Kardashian's yeah. wearing? I want to know about Turkish people cutting their dicks off. <laughs> Uh, all right, mistress chops off lover's penis when he wouldn't divorce his wife. So yeah. that's that's one. See that that's right, what the other guy should have done. Like the he did it wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did it wrong. Man with no penis sleeps with a hundred women. 
Uh, I, all he was doing was fucking sleeping. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a man born with a rare condition in which he never developed a penis claims to have slept with more than 100 women over his illustrious sexual eps- escapades zone. with... <laughs> Third base. <laughs> friend zone. The friend zone. Um, most of them are totally aware of his... Most of them were totally unaware of his anatomy. Uh, Andrew Wardle, a 40-year-old from England, went on to document uh, went on a documentary and came clean to his ex-lovers, ex-girlfriends, even his current girlfriend, that despite his the bedroom antics, he doesn't have a penis. Wardle says the key to keeping up the ruse was by giving rather than receiving. Uh, In fact, is that so an old I, story? I'm sure he shoved uh, some. Is it his thumb or he shoved something else up there? I... <laughs> I have no idea, but it's like, it's so stupid. So wait, are these um, women dumb enough to think at some point that they did indeed have intercourse? I guess. Oh, they just feel sorry for him and they're like, I mean, do you think my dick's tiny? And they're like, no, it's big, love. It feels nice. <laughs> like, oh, that was good, that. And then they... <laughs> We've all been there. No, really, yeah. really. Best I've ever had that. Uh, <laughs> it's the motion of the ocean. It's not the size of the wave. <sighs> That's funny. Uh, man injects penis with petroleum jelly in prison to make it bigger. Who cares about that? Penis... Wait, wait, wait. I got, a, I got a little bit of a story about this, and I probably should not Go say ahead. this, so I'm damn sure not going to say any names. I've got a friend who's a urologist. And he will just occasionally send me, like, x-rays and shit that he takes. And one day, he sent me a picture of a dick. Not a picture, an x-ray. And both arms of some eyeglasses were bent up and shoved inside it. Oh, Jesus Christ. And then he also said he had, like, I, don't, I can't remember what he called, like a Tic Tac or something. Like, people were injecting, like, Tic Tacs <laughs> into the, like, into the skin. I, and, it's, and it's always prison guys, but he's like, dude, they get, they get bored and they come up with some weird shit. Fuck. There you go. There you go. I mean, it's, human beings are legitimately. I can worst. find those pictures on, on my phone. They I'll are send the them to fucking. You, you know, the, you, we were talking about like the monkeys before, and like they're they're much more civil than much more civil and normal than humans. Yeah, yeah. By, yeah I've I never mean, seen a monkey shove a banana up his dick. <laughs> <laughs> now I wanna. <laughs> Where's Tony? Uh, <laughs> Uh, and the rest of them are I mean the rest of them are like I don't think we're going to get it much better than this except for employees are using fake penises to pee to pass drug tests I feel like Uh, that's 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 quite common yeah that's standard practice here's a good one here's a good one for Toby firemen come to the rescue cutting men out of metal penis rings (laughs) It's always interesting to hear about new sex toys that have penetrated the market. See, you're, you're, see, see what you're saying? I know what you're saying. You guys are trying to be clever. Uh, especially when it's used, uh, when they're used the wrong way by cl- clueless people. And a stunning example of this firefighter, 
Uh, I think it's another Turkish guy. <laughs> I think he's Turkish yeah. guy. It's a Turkish name, I think. It's your guy. Oh, no, no, no. My bad. My bad. It's a, uh, in, a village in Germany. We're called to rescue two separate men on occasions who had managed to jam their wieners into penis rings with no chance of escape. The firefighters were forced to very carefully cut the rings off so the men could go about their business. Uh, thank God we're all metal workers. I mean, it, I yeah. remember this happened to me. I couldn't call them. I had to cut it off myself. <laughs> I had, I had, <laughs> I had an old boss who made a made a uh, a um, bracelet for himself, forged a bracelet, and he wanted to weld it closed so it was never coming off. Number one, I mean, you can't make this shit up. He forged this thing, put it around his thing, and he's like, "I want this to be on me forever." He welded it. Or somebody welded it, and it was so fucking hot he was burning the shit off his hand, his arm, and had to get it like he had to he had to get the other guy. He's like, we gotta cut this off. We gotta cut this thing off. So they had to cut it off. He got one of his dudes with a right angle grinder to cut this fucking bracelet does it, off. Does his, his wrist. name rhyme with Ron Bedford? Okay. No, no, it was definitely not John Lefford. It was not John Lefford. It was definitely one hundred percent, definitely not. He was not. He he he. No, the answer is correct. No. Uh, man gets tattoo of a vacuum hose on his hose. <laughs> okay. I'm just thinking, think, thinking about Honor's wife. What she'd say. God came in, dude. <laughs> I think she told the Lewis, Lewis Flint, a 21 year old barman, is one man who definitely is regretting his choice of body ink. When he was 16 years old, under the legal age, he had a tattoo of Henry the Hoover, a vacuum cleaner mascot, tattooed below his waist. The tattoo also included a power cord that stretched around to his. Butt. I was thinking, whenever you said vacuum hose, I was thinking, you know, like a shop back hose. And you yeah. tattoo it black with yeah. the rings? That's what yeah. I was thinking. Yeah. The tattoo uh, recently featured on reality TV show Body Shockers. Flint tried to have the tattoo laser removed, but said the pain was in the sensitive area was so intense, he decided just to live with the tattoo. Yeah, fuck that. However, he fears he'll never have sex again. Eh, fucking hell, right someone with no dick had sex, so there's fucking definitely a chance he's going to have sex, is there? Fucking hell. He wants to read that other story and be like, well, yeah, there's still up for me yet. And I don't know if we talked about this guy before, but the man claiming to have an 19-inch No, that's the one with... uh, Yeah, go ahead with it. The Mexican guy. Uh, We've tried... uh, Yeah, it's the same guy. The guy says he claims it's 18.9 inches in length. Yeah. He's even weighed the beast, which hangs well below his knee. He's found that it nearly comes out as a kilogram of weight. Cabrera says that although he's proud of his endowment, his penis is so hefty that it gets in the way of everyday life. See? But it's like uh, it's uh, like a, a flag they, hanging from a, a flagpole hanging out sideways. You said it's all it's all foreskin. Well, the picture and the picture that they're showing me here, it's Oh, there's a picture. It's a lot of well, it's a lot of situation. I'm gonna have to send it to you guys. This guy's I mean, it's like I mean it's like a legitimately like a third leg. I don't know. I, I think I think penis news is over. And then uh, uh we'll finish off with your choice your choice. I'll give you guys the last choice and then we'll wrap this fucker up. We have uh Weird Foods of the World 
Six bizarre martial arts that you may never heard of. Strangest medical cases of 2020. Uh, or we don't have to do anything. We can just. Uh, I kind of like the. <laughs> just I'm, I'm kind of interested in the food one. Hmm. Okay, we'll do the for weird foods of the world, and then we'll have to do this again. Strangest world's delicacies. Number one is from Greenland. It's called Kiviak. Is that the shark? That's right, Greenland. Uh, these cuddly-looking birds are killed by the hundreds and stuffed into dead seals to make Kiviak. The seal is sealed up uh-huh, and completely airtight, covered in oil to repair to repel flies and maggots, then fermented for three oh, months. The pungent, t- toxic-smelling bird meat is supposed to taste very much like mature tea, cheese or licorice. That sounds horrible. Yeah. In Greenland, where no, they like ferment as... the sharks too. Yeah, I was trying to think what there's a name for that, isn't there? The fucking ah, oh, what's it called now? You got to be desperate to eat some of that sh- shit. Oh. Anything fermented, well, which is like a for... meat, like fuck that shit, fucking hell. Just give me some bacon. <laughs> fuck off with your fermented shit. <laughs> well. I hate to break it to you, but number two is just as bad. The penis fish of Fuck's South Korea. There has to be a penis. Why isn't this in penis news? <laughs> yeah. I didn't. I didn't cross pollinate these these two these two episodes. I, I didn't know. I couldn't correlate them both. But of course, who wouldn't want to eat the fish shaped like a penis? Well, in South Korea, the penis fish is a popular delicacy. The penis fish is typically eaten raw, sliced. And served with the savory sesame oil <laughs> sauce. It's proportionally a little bit bland with a slight sweet taste, which makes the sauce crucial. These are awful looking fish, by the way. Does it look These like a penis? Mean, yes, it does. Certainly yeah, does. Doesn't look like a fish. It's like awful. Dick. <laughs> this is what you guys were talking about the, the from Iceland, the hackarl. Hackarl is the Icelandic delicacy of fermented shark meat that is famed for its incredibly pungent odor. It takes nine weeks for the fermentation process to reduce the natural toxins uh, in shark meat, making it already uh, ready to eat with no cooking required. Now, if you if you can eat enough of that, would you get drunk as well? I I remember hearing uh, Tony Bourdain went to Iceland. He tried it. He said it was the worst. I remember watching that episode. Worst thing you'd ever put in his mouth. I feel like ever. if something smells disgusting, it's not going to fucking taste nice. Like I've never, I've never had anything <laughs> that t- like chocolate smells nice. It tastes good, but I've never had anything t- that smells like shit and tastes good. Like it's, it, I feel like it's just an impossibility. Like it a, makes no what sense. is it? A, dur- a durian? A durian? Oh yeah. My business partner Tony, when he was the chef at uh, this restaurant Oriole, he and I went down to Chinatown to have some food. And he found we found a store that sells Dorian, and he wanted to open it up in the restaurant like, just to see what it was like. And he said, "I we he got to the place, he got to the restaurant, they went down to the prep station, they cut it in half, and he said it smelled like a baby's diaper." Uh, my sister and I have weirdly been trying to get a hold of some Dorian for a while. Like we tried dehydrated Dorian. That's closest you can get in Amarillo, Texas, to a fresh Dorian. It was not very good, but you know. If I come across a full durian, I'll try it. When you come to New York, we'll get you a durian. Fa- there are Let's some like countries. Uh, there's some countries in Asia where you're not allowed to ride on a bus. With yeah, if you live in an apartment complex, you're not allowed to cut it open in the apartment. Dude, why do people? You're right. 
honor. Why would people eat this shit? I there's some cheeses that I, I would shit, eat yeah. Just because yeah, they if, smell, if it so smells bad. bad. You don't like you don't want to fucking eat it, do you? Like otherwise you might as well just eat your own shit. <laughs> All right. Snake soup is a 2,000-year-old delicacy eaten most through China and some other parts of Asia. Different snakes can be used and offer. Uh, often a customer will pick out the snakes they want to use. However, the popular snakes are eaten are pythons and water snakes, which is cooked over six hours. Uh, number five is some sheep head. Uh, nothing special about that. And... Uh, in uh, Sweden, there's Sir's Traming, oh, which is fishy, well-known. Is it rotten fish? Oh, you know, I've you know about that this. That's, that's another one. It's like that shark shit. Fucking shite. Disgusting shit. Sir's <laughs> 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 Traming is well-known as the smelliest food in the world for good reasons. Disgustingly stinky fermented fish banned on planes due to the powerful om- aroma it, odor it emits. Swedes usually eat it uh, on thin flat bread or oat it's bread. It's funny that it's banned They're... on planes because somebody had to have been like, I'm going to take me a snack. Yeah. I'm taking this rotten fish <laughs> as my snack on the flight. It's the same same dude who opens a porno on the plane. <laughs> same guy. Same guy. There's uh, the edible fat-bottomed ants of Colombia. I'd eat an ant. Yeah. <laughs> Fat-bottomed well, fat ones are popular delicacy in Colombia where they're eaten roasted or fried and eaten like peanuts. Oh, fucking fried. Fried. I'd, I'd eat that. Yeah. As well. <laughs> oh, yeah. A little salt, butter on that. Hmm. I'm surprised Balut's not on there. Well, I don't I haven't gotten there no. yet. There's bird's nest soup from China, which is just a bird's nest. There's uh, Philippines are eating uh, uh, woodworms, which is uh, a Filipino delicacy found in decaying rotten logs and swamps. The wood is cracked open in order to find the slimy creatures from the outside. Once you cracked open the log, you find the clam wiggling through its wood, and while it's making holes, you grab it. Uh, cow's intestines, tripe in Mexico is big. You've eat, you've, is it good? Uh, it's good in Menudo. I've never oh, had Menudo. Shit, it's, you know, it's a rubbery, some people like it, some people don't. I do. I'd say some people like it and most people don't. It is one of my top, like, two f- soups that I like. But hmm. it's, I don't know, it's kind of rubbery. Number 11 is deep-fried butterballs. In America, home of the free, deep-fried butterballs. Yes, that's right. Americans have decided to take large pieces of fat, deep-fry it in order to create an absolute monstrosity of Let's a Let's get snack. fatter. Yeah. There's uh, eh, everything here is pretty much goats and intestines and stuff. It's all. Oh, this is uh, in, in, uh, in uh, Peru. They eat kui, I've which is that. a giant guinea pig. I've have you had, had it? it? Tastes like chicken. How is it? I had a coworker who used to raise queen as basement. And I always used to find that to be kind of gross. But I guess it's a it's very popular. It's um, they spit roast yeah. and it's like very very popular. These uh, queen. There's the century egg in China and uh, stuffed moose now, heart. Wait, the century egg. I feel like I've heard that. Is that just what it says? A hundred year old egg. The century yeah, egg. Like a rotten old. A hundred year old egg. It is a black preserved egg of duck, quail, or chicken. Of course, the century egg got its name from the art of preserving eggs for hundreds of years. Now, who, uh, who's like, I'm going to take it. I've thought about this with other things, namely Tabasco sauce. But I'll go back to the egg of who's like, 
I have this egg. My great-great-grandchildren are going to enjoy this egg that I saved for them. <laughs> like, what's what's the thought process of... It, I feel like somebody just lost an egg, and 100 years later, someone was really hungry and decided yeah, to eat I, it. I, but, I, like, the Tabasco, that stuff is... What is it? It's aged for 14 years? Oh, yeah, it's that. aged for 14 years. And so whoever came up with, you know, McElhinney, Mackel, whatever it is. Yeah, McElhinney, yeah, McElhinney. Had to have been like, okay. It's, a, it's an island. It's, a, it's, an, it's an old island, McElhinney Well, island. in 14 right. years, we're going to have some, some tremendous vinegary hot sauce. It's going to be great. I don't it, think we got to be patient. I don't think. It is weird, the process of stuff like, like tea. Like, someone must have eaten tea leaves and been like, oh, they're disgusting. Let's put some boiled water on it. Boom. See ya. Like, <laughs> who the fuck comes up with this shit? Like, even poisons, you know? Like, how did we learn there were poisons? Like, someone's like, oh, I've just found this stuff. Arsenic, I'm going to call it. I'm just going to eat some. Boom, I'm dead. That's poison, that. You know, like, put that on <laughs> Nobody else list. eat that. <laughs> yeah, keep away from that. He ate it yesterday. He's dead I, now. I, it goes, I think it's all desperation. Like, who ate an artichoke the first time? Look <laughs> at this humongous fucking flower with spiny-ass leaves. I'm going to eat that. <laughs> Wait, this sucks. Let me boil it. Yeah. Oh, Once again, we've covered a lot of we've covered a lot of ground of weirdness, <laughs> of depravity, penises. of peanut <laughs> lots of penises, lots of penises, of weird food and stuff like that. And I'm and we're gonna have to do it again. We're gonna have to do it. We're gonna have to have a quarterly session. And, and two out of the three of us are smeared in jelly. I'm still Two wearing my three. jelly. I don't know if you uh, watched yeah. Jaws. Up. No, I drove around, looked for the boss wearing, wearing my jelly and nothing else. I'm covered. I'm covered Guys. in dust and jelly. <laughs> ben Snoor, Honor Kagler, dies in every film, and Ben Snoor, you know these guys. You know them, and you love them. So go give them a follow, and uh, go listen to the Toby Fire and Steel podcast. I don't think they're going to be able to change that name. I don't think that name's going to be able to be changed, but at the same time, it's definitely worth the listen. Go to Wellshod. Go buy some hammers from wellshod.com. Go follow uh, Honor Dies in Every Film on YouTube, on Instagram, I think on TikTok, all Everywhere. over the place. Whatever he's doing, make sure you keep an eye on it because it's always going to be good. And uh, we'll see you next week, everybody. Thanks again. Hell yeah. Thanks, guys. The Full Blast Podcast is proudly sponsored by Axe Wax an all-natural, food-safe wax for coating your handles. It can be used on your axes, your knives, or even on your boots, with the full confidence that Axe Wax is safe and durable. Furthermore, if you use the promo code FULLBLAST10, you will get a special 10% discount on your order. So go to axewax.us and get yourself some of the most luxurious wax for waxing your axe. If you like this show, take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network.